Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Rockoftalk.com 550-5500 is up to call and text in this afternoon during the balloon fiesta, which did not go off, unfortunately, today. We, we No, yesterday didn't go off. Today it uh, went off a little bit later. Uh, we're waiting for that, and uh, they got the green flag about 8 o'clock. Uh, but, wow, this weather, it just continues here. It's uh, something... That we definitely need some more needed moisture. Tomorrow is going to be an international event. Uh, 51 different nations going to be part of that mass ascension uh, tomorrow. Uh, of course, you'll get the Flight of the Nations mass ascension tomorrow at the park. I believe they're going to set a world record. Uh, I don't know. Most nations represented when they leave. They're always trying to do something. Charity doing a great job with their 50th uh, anniversary for the Balloon Fiesta. A lot to get to uh, here in our very proud city. We put on our best face, at least for these two weeks. Uh, well, let's see if we can do it for the other 50 weeks, including 35 days until the election. Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting, Citrus and Cloud, and Spotify. And the newly revamped, that's right, folks, both rockoftalk.chat and uh, rockoftalk.tv have new websites. And if you go to rockoftalk.chat uh, from your website, you literally can have access to absolutely everything, including how to get in contact with Rudy if you want to advertise. Uh, my special thanks to Monroe's this afternoon, uh, Kathy Diaz for all that she does, uh, Madeline over at, uh, you know, our great uh, bridal uh, advertiser here for a very long time, and Matthew's bridal. And we appreciate everybody, as always, who support us. And uh, we, of course, support them. Our five questions, and we've got 10 fives you know, to deal with, uh, that, that we hand out every day. It's our birthdays. It's, uh, certainly, um, the music, the enter- entertainment, the TV, uh, we have those, our five videos, our five stories of the day, and plus all the news wires from U.S., world, and global. And then I, uh, bring in the five questions, which are highly thought out and in-depth, and we want to tackle those. So you have takeaways to go, uh, we're not sitting here focused on, well, uh, this would be a really good idea. And if, we only did this like this and this. You know what? Unless you win elections, it doesn't matter what types of policies or what types of things that you're putting out there. Ideas don't sell here, especially to the low information voter. Or haven't you figured that out yet? It's about the fight in the trenches. Certainly Mark Ronchetti knows that, him and his team and what they're doing. If you're out there in the fight, uh, fighting the Democrats, good for you. Uh, we have been supportive of you for now. 11 years. That's right. Uh, the Rock of Talk has been here 11 years, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And that's why I uh, put on top of there, trademarked and established in uh, 2011. And, you know, sort of kick things uh, off today on this uh, little balmy, wet day. We only got to a high, uh, only getting to a high today, Rudy, of 68 degrees. Yeah, that's our first sub 70 since I believe, I don't know, I want to say probably mid-April. So you should be in a good mood. Populist conservatism is working. Mark's popular, he is conservative, and he is Christian, all right? And they're thriving, and new polling is confirming takeovers in the Senate and the House. Now, you're going to hear some stuff here this afternoon. And by the way, I fig- figured out the reverb. I appreciate the people who called in on rockoftalk.tv. They're like, oh, you got some reverb on that while well, I was feeding back into myself. So thanks to all of you for making me better for uh, doing that. We're getting confirmed takeovers of the Senate and the House, either 51-49, 52-48 in the Senate. 
There's been some October surprises uh, that are coming in. One for Herschel Walker, but he paid for an abortion. Oh my gosh, he paid for an abortion. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, what you, you got to prove this? Not without exposing the person who is, you know, contending this. Are you convinced in the polling? Or are there two sides just confirming what we want to hear? Is this all con- confirmation? Because I will tell you, that the Democrats are telling themselves the very same story. Oh, we're, we're going to keep the House. We're going to keep the Senate. Joe Biden's doing a great job. I'm like, what planet are you three from? That, of course, would be Kamala and Nancy Pelosi. And then Joe Biden, you can tell him anything. He'll forget it in five minutes. But the big October surprise, no, it's not the Herschel Walker. So the October surprise is Latinos. That's right. Mainstream media everywhere. And this happened from 2016 to 2020. They're shifting to the right and the GOP candidates as the mainstream media is now continuing. And every mainstream media group out there are now talking about this. And I got to tell you, I am pretty excited and you've got to be pretty excited as well. Wall Street Journal went literally line by line, looked at all that, included it in the maps that's right there. And you've got the YouTube video and Where is all this change happening? Right along the Rio Grande Valley. Thinking that Donald Trump is, I don't know, selling some sort of snake oil or, you know, this isn't a good thing because you don't want to discriminate against Latinos. They have driven that vote to the right in droves and it seeks to only improve going forward. Both Beto as well as Governor Greg Abbott both started their campaigns in the Rio Grande Valley. Why? Because they're focused and they know the Latino voter is what is going to, have have we finally arrived at this point here in New Mexico? Oh, no, we've taken it for granted here, too. You're Democrat, you're Catholic. Well, you're still going to vote Democrat, right? Every single time. Well, now you're Democrat and you're Catholic. It's like, well, I may be more towards Catholic Christian. I don't, you may not be able to go ahead and take my vote for granted any longer. I got to tell you, I'm pretty excited about that. Because this is happening in the neighboring Phoenix, Arizona territory, where they're saying, no, you cannot take our vote for granted anymore. You can't just expect me to go ahead and vote for the Democrats. And that is exactly the demographic, which is why I think they're focused on up north. People are sick and tired of the woke politics, the woke policies, the things that are supposedly tested. Take a listen. Are you going to be a doubtful voter? I am a, I'm a doubtful voter now. As I got older and, and smarter, I said, hey, this, this guy doesn't work for me. That's now backed up by a new NBC News Telemundo nationwide survey of Latino voters showing support for a Republican-controlled Congress jumped five points in just the past two years. Five points. Just in the last two years during, uh, I don't know, this onslaught of woke politics and the Latinos are turning their back. It's because all this stuff is foreign to them. No, not them. <laughs> yeah, um, the woke racial politics, the woke sexual politics. And then, of course, you know, letting criminals out. That's a big thing for Latinos because most of them, right, a huge majority of them are law-abiding citizens. They want to be here. They behave. You can bully them around. You do what you want to do. You can threaten them with an inch of their life and say, hey, you're going back to where you came from. We're not just going to blindly vote in one particular direction. We're going to vote in the direction of folks who are going to be paying attention to the issues that are important to us. Marisa Morentin lives in Phoenix, Arizona. How is it that you feel as a voter 
here? Uh, taken advantage of. It's a state that had been reliably Republican, but has now turned into a swing state. In 2020, it went for President Biden. Maisa voted Democrat back then, but now says she's not so sure. I feel like the Democratic National Party looks at my demographics and assumes that I'm going to vote for them. I'm a Latina woman that historically has been the party's bread and butter. There you go. No longer the bread and butter. Unfortunately, we do not have a Hispanic candidate coming from the right side during this gubernatorial election. That should not matter. I think what should happen going forward is Democrat needs to go ahead and take survey of where they are in terms of their values. And we'll talk more about that when we return here in the Kiva. We'll take a quick break here in the Kiva. AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM. All right, how can you not recognize that? Yep, another launch date for a great American program. Oh, that'd be Leave It to Beaver uh, back in the day. Beaves, uh, yeah, on this day, uh, way back in the day, what, 1957 is when, uh, oh, gee, Dad, right? I remember all of that. And I remember watching that a long time with my, my dad, uh, all, all the reruns. Reruns even back in the day there, Rudy. So oh, yeah. certainly you were uh, big on Leave It to Beaver. Actually, I was born in 57, too, so I, but I do remember, golly, Wally. Oh, gee, Wally. Oh, gee, Dad. Everything uh, uh, was, that was pretty. Exciting. And Barbara Billingsley never wore pants, suits, only dresses. After a year, the show switched to ABC and ran until 1963. That's awesome. 1963, the year that John F. Kennedy uh, died. And that would have been a, a John F. Kennedy, I think, in today's would be a great Republican today, right? Oh, no doubt. <laughs> I think it'd be somebody that we would want. But uh, nonetheless, there is some good news to celebrate. And the voters are swinging towards the GOP, folks. It looks good. Okay, Now, listen to these numbers. Republicans went from being down by seven points in August to up by three in September. Like, that's a wild swing. And let's just understand what's happened during that time. President Joe Biden, okay, lost, up on stage threatening violence, taking in Trump supporters. We, of course, know August 8th, what happened on that day. The Ocho, when they went after Donald Trump and they went down to his house in Mar-a-Lago, Mar-a-Lago, the FBI coming after you, announced 100 and, or excuse me, 87,000 IRS agents are going to come after you and, and do audits, right? That's a wild swing. GOP hopes it can secure a sizable House majority and possibly eke out a victory in the 50-50 split Senate. I mean, this is going down to the wire seven weeks from today. Five weeks from today, excuse me. Five, seven, right? No, not seven, five. Because the congressional map favors the GOP, Democrats need to do more than keep it close to hold on to their House majority. One roadblock for them is that the issue picture favors Republicans. Well, it's because the Democrats don't have any issues. They're not even sure really what to make it. What they have again in this midterm, like they had back in, I think, 2016, and now they have here, which is sort of an off year for them, but they do have the executive, they do have the legislative, they just don't have the judicial, is they have not had anything other than, well, at least we're not them. We didn't have the insurrection. They've been able to really counter us quite nicely the entire time. 
because they've main, maintained control of the media. Thereby, whatever they want to sell, they get all the time to go and sell. You'll eventually buy enough bad things if all you hear is about bad things, right? I think that's a pretty fair assessment to say. Like all you're continuing to hear, inevitably you just start buying that, owning that, seeing only their story or their side of the story. And that's all that's been told. I mean, after all, we were banned from social media. We've never had any really great strength in the you know, national news media. Late night, not controlled by any sort of, I don't know, Republican or any sort of right-wing, you know, quasi-social uh, commentator. No, I mean, it's all been couched in the corner. Corners of the internet, the crevice, the rock of talk crevice or the rumble crevice or all these different places. And so, you know, naturally, they've sort of graduate, uh, gravitated towards that. Then, of course, you got Wall Street. Then there's the three centers, right? Controlling Washington, right? The political center, controlling Los Angeles, right? The entertainment center, and then, of course, of course, controlling New York City, which is the financial center. And there you are. You're seeing that buoyant, frothy market come back again. And it's all going to come crumbly down like a house of cards. You better gas up tonight because tomorrow gas is going to go up somewhere between 30 to 45 cents here in New Mexico. You're going to be like, what the heck happened? Well, OPEC decided to jack things up because they don't want World War III. How are they going to do that? Well, they're going to make sure that the gas and the pain that they had 98 days of decline. Now we have 31 days of increases and now you're seeing what's happening. I mean, we've been jacked up $1.22 in the last 31 days when it comes to gas. More about that in a sec. That's going to be enough because they know the low information voter is used to paying for gas and they see those gas that that gas price as a sign of the economy. These people aren't stupid. They don't want to be involved in it. you know, Russia's pulling out all of its troops. They're going to be launching nuclear missiles right over Ukraine, right to Ukraine, probably attacking something. They've got the Poseidon missiles that are in there. Like, this is something that you need to be paying attention to on a global scale. I mean, you've got even Elon Musk, which we'll get to as well, who's like, well, hey, here's what you need to go ahead and take World War III off the table. Ukraines are like, F you, we're not doing this. More on that as well. So all of this stuff is integrated. And it all plays directly in the next 35 days into our midterm elections. Back to the Latino voter, the October surprise. The focus has been black voters or, I don't know, some other minority group, but never Latinos, right? And you're going down, you're seeing some of the assessments when it came to the census over the last couple of years. And you're starting to realize, like, my gosh, the, the, the population has really grown. But when you get insulted... <laughs> by Jill Biden, or you get insulted by Nancy Pelosi, or you get insulted because, well, you know what? Why are they, why are, they, why are the blacks always the largest minority group? They, they almost say that. Well, as the blacks go, so does the rest of the country. Well, in this particular election, as the Latinos go, so goes the rest of the country. These voters are swinging towards the GOP in the race for Congress, and you just heard the nuts and the bolts of it. Latinos are going to shift the 2022 elections. Not here, but just about everywhere else. We take our Latinos for granted. Hispanics are the majority minority, right? You can't say that we're a minority here in this state, but you're going to see it everywhere else in this country. The top three issues, and we just talked about issues, being the most important thing, right? Not, 
okay, well, who's going to get the last thing? Who's going to pull a rabbit out of their hat? Who's going to, the, the, the latest scandal? The top three issues that voters considered extremely or very important. Oh, it must be climate change, right? Oh, it must be race, right? No. Inflation. It's the economy, stupid, just like I told you two months ago. It's about how much money you have in your pocket, how confident you feel towards the future. Our confidence couldn't be lower and our money couldn't be less. I've already told you about the credit bubble that's out there. We haven't had this amount of credit out there. You've got $11 trillion in mortgage debt, another $5.5 trillion in credit card debt. We're pushed past $17 trillion. You mean to tell me that the stock market is up when we can't even pay for that? It's going to be a black Christmas. 82% on that issue alone. Crime, which we thought would be number one, you know, here and even across the country. Crime. No, if you were to pay attention only to the commercials and you got dropped into Albuquerque and you didn't know what was important, you would automatically feel like it's what? Oh, abortions. It's always about abortion. Roe v. Wade. They're, they're happy about that. They're happy that that got leaked out. And then elections and voting. These are the top three issues that voters considered, uh, considered extremely or very important. Given what's happened last month in Mar-a-Lago and given what's happened with, you know, this worry about, well, there's no fraud in the election. And yet they're calling us as we're the ones that are going to be, well, don't take film of the election. Don't try to contest the election. That's the third most important issue. You know what the three least important issues are? Are the very things that the Democrats are run for, but because they control the media, and they have been controlling the conversation. Climate change, COVID-19 at 32% and student loan debt. Isn't that the big win for the Democrats? Didn't they just give, offer all this relief? Literally $650 billion that's going to be costing somewhere between $900 to $1.1 trillion with this student debt relief. This is about motivation. And the motivation right now seems to be with Latino voters who have been taken for granted far too long across the country, but it doesn't feel like that here. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. So pretty easy to ask you. Populist conservatives, well, when it comes to that, we are thriving. The polling, I think, on our side is accurate compared to the Democrats' polling. In fact, on Stephen Colbert, as you were here, or you heard from the uh, <clears throat> fives that went out this morning, when you get that information like, okay, Nancy Pelosi is on Stephen Colbert and she's trying to push back. 2018, it was all the rage. They took 40 votes. They took 40 House seats and they said, okay, we're going to take over and we're going to immediately shut down the government. That's exactly the first objective back in 2018, right? With Zoshitil Torres Small and that the new cadre of, of people, that, you know, we're going to come in and make New Mexico and the rest of the country, right? That's not happening here. You agree that Latinos are shifting to the right in GOP? I don't have to ask you if you agree. Of course you agree. GOP candidates now are becoming more mainstream, more commonsensical, and the further the economy goes down, the more things that are worried about, people are going to go to common sense solutions. Unfortunately, when you're woke, those are anything but common sense. It's wishful thinking. It's untenable truths for these people. And all they want to hear is comforting lies day in and day out. It's the cognitive dissonance I talked about yesterday. It's what they are running on, and it's not going to work, especially when people have to select something tangibly at the polls. Back after a quick break here in the Kiva in three minutes. AM 1600 KIVABQ.FM, All right, back here in the Kiva. Thanks, Rudy, for the uh, check on weather and traffic, uh, as always. I don't know how you do it, Rudy. Twitter shares jumped 22% after uh, 
reopening. Kind of amazing what's going on with Twitter. It looks like Elon Musk is going to follow through with his purchase uh, on everything after all. And uh, so the uh, Twitter shares jump on that. And looks like uh, Trump is asking the Supreme Court to look into what's happening with Mar-a-Lago. So that's where we're at. And uh, also, I'll get into the Zelensky stuff uh, as well. But this was a troubling thing, especially for you parents out there, you know, I don't know. I generally don't trust people who don't have kids uh, for a number of reasons. And anybody who doesn't have something for the future to give in one way, shape or form are, my opinion, people who are more difficult, I should say, at least to to trust. Uh, Rudy, I know how you are. You cared for your dad and that's something that you did. It was never anything you did uh, for yourself. And I'm sorry for your loss, uh, definitely this year, but you were constantly taking care of him and uh, more relieved that you're able to finally get through that. Uh, he passed away in, uh, what May, was it? May 23rd. May 23rd. So I always think about him and it's hard to lose people, uh, but it's even harder to lose a child. Right. And Tucker Carlson is focused on myocarditis and there's a good reason for that. All of this stuff could have been prevented and he was visibly shaken after talking with the mother who was a vaxxer and a vaxxer no longer is she. After the first COVID vaccines came out and were administered, people started reporting weird side effects, but they were immediately shouted down and called science deniers. And then data emerged, actual data, showing that the vaccine appeared to cause an increased risk of heart inflammation, very serious heart inflammation called myocarditis. And researchers in Israel got in closer to the truth and found, quote, a probable link between receiving the second dose of the Pfizer vaccine and the appearance of myocarditis among aged men, aged 16 to 30. But no one seemed to care. People were being very hurt, killed, but the vaccines were never halted or slowed down. And as a result, many young people may have developed very serious, debilitating heart problems. Emily Achinayaka says that her 14-year-old son is one of these. She's a mother. Her son developed myocarditis after taking the shot. Emily, Emily, I appreciate you're coming on, and I know that there's quite a bit of pressure not to talk about this, so we're grateful that you're willing to. Tell us your son's experience, if you would. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. Um, following his second dose, he woke up um, in the middle of the night with chest pain. Um, we had known that this was a possibility, just hearing signals out of Israel. So immediately took him to the emergency room where um, his troponin was elevated, his EKG was abnormal. And long story short, he was admitted to the acute cardiac floor. Um, Scariest moments of my life, of course. Um, His troponin continued to increase as we were during our stay. Um, So he stayed four days and then had months of inactivity and follow-ups with different specialists and it's yeah well it's 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 the nightmare considering it 14 is. year old boys don't typically have heart problems and your son was healthy i believe before taking this vaccine so um we have an entire medical establishment designed to help people like you what was the reaction that you got when you said my son had his heart damaged by a covid vaccine um, you're a liar <laughs> or uh, you're censored on Twitter. Um, I don't know if you have the pictures of my son, but I was very pro-vaccination. Yes. One of the first out of the gate. And yes. then I was ostracized um, because my son was injured, no fault of my own. 
and it's been an eye-opening experience. So, so be, well, it's it's um, it's, a, it's a nightmare. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. It's actually making my pumps sweat thinking about it. But you were for vaccines. You were not an anti-vaxxer, as they say. You were. This was all voluntary. And when there was a downside to it, and your son was almost killed by it, you were attacked. Right when I. I um... This began on my Twitter feed, sharing pictures of my son getting vaccinated, how excited I was. And then, you know, unfortunately, he was one that had the side effect or the adverse event. And when I shared that, it was met with, you're a liar. I was actually censored on social media, blocked by people. Um, The medical community has kind of pushed me to the side. before they embraced me i'm talking about on social media yeah um and it's just you do the right thing and then you're pushed to the side and left all alone and it's it's just been a a horrible experience nothing i I could have ever imagined so many people have been killed or injured irreparably and it's so upsetting ah i appreciate the bravery it takes to say this in public thank you very much thank you Thanks for having me. So, as you can, uh, George Maloney is about to become the next prime minister of Italy. The vote is very upset after hearing that. He is the father, I believe, of at least four children. He's had his uh, family attacked, uh, etc. But you know, there's a woman who did everything that was asked of her. Certainly, a person who is a go along to get along uh, type of individual, and uh, she found that her child has come down with myocarditis. Now. Before we get on to the where's and the why's of people vaccinating, I think we should probably make mention of a very, very important sort of startling admission here, uh, new policy, if you will, by the Norwegian Cruise Line, deciding, and the first amongst all the cruise lines, to drop COVID vaccinations, testing, and masking. Full stop, right? Right, Kamala Harris, full stop. Everything. They don't believe in this. It's the third largest cruise operator by number of passengers and announced yesterday it's dropping COVID-19 vaccination. Now, all I can remember is like, don't get on a cruise. Don't get on a cruise. Don't get on a cruise. COVID-19 is going to spread. And if you happen to be on there, you definitely have COVID-19. You're going to die. Right. This is all the things that we heard during the beginning of the pandemic. And certainly, you know, when people were trying to well, do I get my money back, I've been waiting for two years. I'm going to take that vote. Now you can take it. And you don't need a vaccination, a mask, or anything else. In fact, you should be able to internationally travel now. Because internationally travel is a heck of a lot safer than, I don't know, traveling on any cruise line. The cruise line will still abide by regulations set by local health authorities, however, when you uh, de-boat, de-plane, whatever that is called. Not a fan of cruise ships, as you can tell. They noted that guests may be denied boarding if all country-specific entry requirements are not met saying, we'll take your money, we'll bring you on, you can stay on the boat, but you won't be able to get off the boat, okay? This is kind of amazing, not having to wear masks. The first major cruise line to drop mandatory testing for unvaccinated passengers where permissible. I gotta tell you, like that is startling to me. They they were hot spots for COVID-19 infections. They were the first ones to say, well, we're gonna implement all of the CDC guidelines, right? Passengers, staff, you know, the health notices that were going out, right? Everybody was told, you need to avoid the cruises. Don't get on them. Now, 
if you don't need these vaccinations for the cruise line, I have to ask you, does anybody? Should anybody decide to go ahead and get a vaccination? Given that in young children who have the most powerful immune systems, particularly the ones who were breastfed, particularly the ones who had good health and a helicopter mom and dad and can stave off anything, you're going to tell me that we still need to get the vaccine? The New Mexico Department of Health is pushing that forward. They said, you need to get, you stand the chance. If you get Omicron, you have a better chance of survival. There's nothing to prove that. And why would I get a vaccination if it doesn't prevent it from actually happening? That's the whole point of the vaccination in the first place. Well, it turns out that the CDC could have known this. They just never tested for this. You know, it was a speed to market, profitability, look at Fauci's numbers. How much money did he make last year? You have all these factors that come in. It's like, whoa, it's going to be raining money. Get these things passed, force people into these situations, and voila, we got ourselves an instant business. So there's newly obtained emails from the entity, the non-governmental organization that is you know, superimposes every other health organization, including the New Mexico Department of Health. How many times have we heard from them when they tell us we are following CDC guidelines? Well, if they followed CDC guidelines, you were going to find out here today that those CDC guidelines did not test for any of the myocarditis, and it all had to do with a change of a letter, a slight misunderstanding and a little CYA covering their asses. Newly obtained emails show the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention made false statements on COVID-19 vaccine safety monitoring in 2021 when they started rolling out the vaccine. Months before, the officials gave false statements on the matter to Epic Times. They also show that top officials in the agency discussing performing safety monitoring on a key database for the very thing that that woman's child is suffering from, and that is myocarditis. Pfizer and Moderna directly responsible, and you can't sell. You cannot sue them. That woman, that mother, has absolutely zero recourse on all this. We'll pick it up from there when we return here in the Kiva on AM 1600 FM, rockoftalk.com. That's rockoftalk.com. All right, Bob Dylan back on 1961 on this day at his first concert in New York. About 50 people attended, mostly friends and family, and uh, you're in 20 bucks. So there you go. <laughs> Small beginnings uh, could lead into legendary status maybe for you someday. So, so here we are. We're at this point where, you know, cruise ships no longer, you know, require need, even the masking. This is kind of incredible. It, it's no longer a worry in the one spot where it all spreads, right? But there's still a giant push to vaccinate youngsters. Mexico Department of Health, across the world, everywhere else. And in fact, you're seeing, you know, some of the worries are leading people to think about, you know, vaccinating right now. It's, it, it's kind of scary. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's a massive number of hospitalizations and cases in Europe right now. 
But the CDC data is now showing that vaccinated Americans are more likely to contract the coronavirus and even face higher death rates. If you look at the rockoftalk.chat, I included that uh, report yesterday. So all of this is a giant push by bureaucrats and the media. Stop. And how do we get them to stop their push, right? How do we get them to stop pushing us into, in, into a corner here, making it such a, because they are massively ga- gaslighting us, making you feel as if you're going to get sicker and sicker, yet the shot is what's making us sicker, right? And now we find out the very entity that's supposed to govern all this itself didn't do its job. I got to tell you, I love the epic times. But you also have to ask, do they even understand what the definition of a vaccination is? So back in 2021, the Centers for Disease Control promised a set of operating procedures perform a type of analysis called, you got to pay close attention here, proportional reporting ratio, PRR, on reports of adverse reactions following COVID-19 vaccination. Okay, And we all knew that we were sending stuff into the VAERS database system, the Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, which officials have described as the nation's early warning system. The post-vaccination adverse events, CDC also set an updated set of operating procedures in 2022 that it would perform the analysis. Did they? The answer is no. They rolled out all of these vaccines without doing a full stop test, which would have included a test for myocarditis. They made false statements on PRR saying that the analysis itself, in fact, they totally discounted it, was outside of what they were supposed to do, outside of their purview. They also said the analysis was performed back in 2021. Why are you saying two different things? Wait, you didn't do it because it's outside your purview, or you said that you already did it and it wasn't in your purview then, but you just did it because you had additional time on your hands. Then they said a third thing. They said the analysis did not begin until 2022. Oh, so now you're doing it, but it's outside your purview, but you did it last year, but wait, you didn't start until this year. This is a non-governmental entity. You still want to trust the government? You want to trust the government that trusts the CDC on you getting jabbed? Like, you should be relaying everything that I'm saying right here to anybody you know that's jabbed. All of these are in emails. They show that an official falsely said the CDC does not perform the PRR analysis to an editor back in 2021. So here it is. They wrote to the CDC on October 19th. They asked for, of 2021, of asking for a comment regarding a claim that the CDC's PRR analysis cannot accurately identify when a vaccine causes adverse events. Then another CDC spokeswoman, Ms. Sharon, sent a query to another guy by the name of Dr. Sue. Follow me here who leads the CDC's VAR system, the exact place where you would report an adverse reaction. Then they sent it to another doctor. We'll just call him Dr. Tom, because I'm not going to say his last name, who also works on vaccine safety. Okay. All of these responses that went to each other have all been redacted. Why? Because it's cover your ass. They're scared of the information coming out. Then they confused the acronym PRR with something called PPR. I spoke to a reporter who explained that the CDC does not do PPR analysis. The reporter's not going to pursue anything further, she wrote, adding her later that she actually meant PRR. Oh, well, there you go. The one letter confused. Don't you see what's happening here? Well, according to all of this, originally, this was always in their purview. 
they did not conduct it. And they said they started conducting it in 2022 to start covering their butts, which is why we now know most recently, and this to be true, that yes, these shots, these vaxes, these jabs, whatever you want to refer to them to, the kiss of death, the mark of the beat, whatever, are actually causing myocarditis. And it could have been prevented. But being the smart, intelligent doctors that they are, they don't want to have to walk this back. And they hope that you never find out. That's all they do. They hope they're not going to make sure that they're, they're going to make sure that they are not responsible so they can sleep well at night. Especially Dr. Walensky, right? The doctor of the, the new Dr. Fauci. This whole entire thing contradicts the operating procedures with the state, which state that the CDC will perform proportional reporting ratio analysis on VAERS reports, meaning that they will look into this. They did not until 2022. Folks, they have been killing people. And the doctors, well, you can't really hold the local doctors responsible now, can you? Because they're trusting the science. They're trusting the CDC. They're trusting the VAERS reports. They're trusting that the PRR analysis is all, all go through. But now that during the emails, they're saying, well, no, we told you to trust it, but there's no reason to trust it. So here we go. In June of this year, when it comes to children, the CDC falsely told Children's Health Defense, a nonprofit, that PRR analysis is outside the agency's purview. That was after they started testing for the very thing, right? And that's because there's a very, very important reason here that you need to remember. They didn't start approving the children's shots, right? Six months to 14 years until when? Early this summer. An AP reporter, Angela Flachera, flagged a Children's Health Defense article in the statement to the CDC asking whether the CDC had ever even performed the analysis. That's how this whole thing got started. So they went back to see who was responsible. APT, AP is just doing their job. A CDC spokeswoman forwarded the query to Sharon. Martha, thoughts on this one? And then everything is blacked out. You're not getting anything. They had to submit FOIA requests when asked about the PRR analysis in connection with the COVID vaccines. Through FOIA, media, and congressional requests, CDC has made conflicting statements some of them false. When confronted about the statements, the CDC claimed essentially a PRR analysis is not worth even doing. And for the few months of PRR, and, this, and remember, CDC governs all these shots that are going out, now says it has, quote unquote, completed. The CDC has failed to make the results public, despite the request from multiple sources. So now they said they have it done. All of this stuff is timelined out through this year. And guess whose name is at the very end of all this? Dr. Rochelle Walensky, the new liar, the new Dr. Fauci. CDC performed PRR analysis between the 25th, March 25th to 2022 through July 31st of this year. CDC also recently addressed a previous statement made to the Epic Times to clarify the PRR were not run between February 26, 2021 and September 30th, 2021. Dr. Rochelle Walensky in a letter to Senator Ron Johnson. All the analysis here on the myocarditis is suggesting exactly what we fear the most, is that these shots are causing myocarditis in children. The information is not coming out suggesting anything because the CDC is covering it up. All of this is in the emails 
All of this is in the proofs and the data sets. It's just a matter of connecting the two. At the time of the director's press conference, the CDC did not have sufficient evidence to conclude that there was a safety signal for myocarditis following the mRNA COVID-19 vaccinations in children. Continued surveillance subsequently detected a safety signal and further assessment verified that signal, they told the Epic Times in a recent email. The Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are both built on messenger RNA technology. An exchange just two weeks later included the newly released email showed that the CDC officials discussed myocarditis, myocarditis monitoring, of which they did not complete. 550-5500, that's 550-5500. That is in the notes. You definitely need to read it. For anybody who's even considering getting the jab, that will prove that you indeed not need not have it going forward. This is the largest crime of the new century. No, it's not 9-11. It's the fact that the government isn't doing enough after they're mandating something to verify that it's not going to cause more harm then good. What the top of the hour news right here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVA, rockoftalk.com. This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA, Albuquerque. Albuquerque's macro aggression, Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. Rockoftalk.com. Hour two coming at you here from the ABQ on Roku TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, podcasting on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. And don't forget, you go to rockoftalk.tv, rockoftalk.com, and a brand new interface at rockoftalk.chat. It looks like a website, ladies and gentlemen, with all the stuff, including how to advertise, uh, where to download, whether it's on your Roku, whether it's on your you know, iOS or Android device, anywhere that you need. And uh, don't forget to get in touch with Rudy and all the gang right there. You got Nat, and, you know, Casey and everybody uh, who is there that uh, shores up your weekend listening as well. Some uh, good birthdays there, Trey. Susan Sarandon, uh, Rudy Grande. I don't really? Know if, yeah, Susan Sarandon. Yeah, she, the, the young lady is uh, <clears throat> 76 years old. Today. Wow. Uh, I was reading something about her. She was uh, not born this way uh, 76 years ago. Apparently, uh, <clears throat> she swings from both sides of the plate, apparently. I always thought she was married for a very long time to, to Timmy Boy, but apparently she, she, she likes uh, women as much as she likes men. So uh, <clears throat> maybe not born this way, maybe more of a choice. Maybe uh, one of the reasons why uh, Latinos seem to be swinging out of this, uh, swinging the other way, right? Away from the Democrats and out of the swingers club and into the uh, values club of the Republicans uh, going forward. I got to tell you, that's uh, pretty exciting. I gave you some really good news. The uh, flip from minus seven to plus three, Mar-a-Lago, 87,000 IRS agents, and a whole plethora of things, including Joe Biden for calling for violence, reaffirming, driving the uh, Trumpsters, I guess, us out. I don't think it's going to happen. The 92% uh, uh, victory uh, clip for Donald Trump uh, during his endorsement, certainly a good thing uh, as well. And of course, we uh, told you not to take the jab. We gave you the anecdotal uh, story of a, of a mother, uh, of a woman who said, hey, I'm all about the vax and I'll do whatever the government tells me to do. Turns toward the VAERS database that was never verified by the CDC. And you are getting marked for death with a 
probably an extinction level event at uh, some point, folks. Uh, I hate to say it. So COVID-19, we answered those two questions. COVID-19 no longer seems to be worrying. The one spot where sickness spreads the fastest, cruise ships. However, there's still a giant push to vaccinate youngsters for COVID under the age of 18 since the beginning of the summer. How can we get bureaucrats to me to stop their push on unvaccinated after the results show that you are more likely to get COVID after the vaccination? Send them yesterday's show and today's show. Send them a link. Share the Rock of Talk at rockoftalk.chat. Do they understand what the definition of vaccination is? That's almost a rhetorical question. My good man, uh, J-Man, said, hey, you're answering your own questions. I don't know. When you provide so much evidence that you're able to direct things, that's what you need to lead a horse or the horses, if you will, to water. Well, life is about to get a hell of a lot more expensive, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to talk about that momentarily. If you don't gas up tonight, you're going to pay somewhere between, I don't know, 15 to 35, maybe 15 to 50 cents more tomorrow. So go line up at that gas station. OPEC numbers are, are coming out. We'll get to that uh, shortly. Uh, Eddie, this is from Stan the Man with the plan. This is just the beginning, Eddie. Modern industry pollutes the earth with plastics and heavy metal. The biologic industry will pollute our bodies with mRNAs and proteins. So thank you, uh, Stan, for that wonderful text. J-Man, uh, let's see. What bothers me, oh, do I read the edited? I like when people are now reading, like sending in their edited messages, knowing that they're going to get read. Like that's kind of oh, cool, cool, right? Yeah. I mean, so so, so J-Man steps in. Uh, he's a subscriber, by the way. What bothers me is that they still have these commercials on television stating that people should get the new COVID shots on Omicron, right? It's all over the place. Your NFL football games that you guys are watching, I'm not. Then they have this tearful commercial with Jeff Bridges on it, giving this emotional plea for people to get these pathetic jabs. I'm 71 years old and have never had a jab. I got Omicron last February and it was like a milder form of flu. Wow. What a bunch of crap the CDC is spewing. Well, uh, they're not going to be responsible. Remember, they're doing what the science tells them, or in this particular case, not doing the science. Literally not doing the science, not running the tests. Yep, there you go, Eddie. Thank you so much for exposing the crimes against humanity. Uh, our man here, uh, this is uh, pretty awesome. He showed up last Friday to pick up calendars. You're going to be at Monty's again, Yep. right, on Friday. Is that true? Uh, yes, crimes sir. against humanity. Absolutely. Uh, Eddie, the CDC changed the definition of what a vaccine is in August of 21. Now it just refers to a vaccine as being a therapeutic, basically. Does not say it will prevent infection or transmission anymore. Well, there you go. We're not going to change the definitions just because it's an uncomfortable truth right uh, we we need comforting lies going forward um that's what leftists do they change the definition of things when they don't like it not fitting their narrative when you're in smith's every other ad over the loudspeaker every ad over the loudspeaker is to go to the pharmacy and to get your covid shot i don't listen to it i don't think they have uh i don't think they have uh speakers at my ghetto smith so just a fyi this is great. Kieran, thanks so much for being a subscriber. Thanks for what you do. COVID and cruise ships. Early 2020, Princess Cruises was the first with a COVID outbreak. Their population modeled perfectly. The COVID spread worldwide. Greater than 65 got ill. Greater than 65 passed away. Less than 1% death rate. Perfect control population. Early 2020 showed no need for the vax. A very good guy. And finally, that woman from Tucker, no fault of my own. What? How about doing some due diligence? Don't go along to get along. Do not comply. Um, in her defense, we will say going on to Tucker and basically saying that she was wrong. She's helping somebody else. So I will give her the out in that she is trying to aid uh, somebody else. And that is 
the takeaway I think that we should get from that. It takes a lot of guts to get up on the air, out in public to speak what has happened to you. And uh, certainly this fax is happening to so many people. I want to say one more time, as I've said from the beginning, unwaveringly, if you've been rammed and vented, and I can't tell you the number of, you remember I had my town hall for the mayor. I said, this would not be something we would do. We would not force the vaccination. I changed it. There would be no masking in the city of Albuquerque. We'd make everybody go to work. They'd have to show up to work because what we were, we're trying to go for herd, right? Immunity. Isn't that what you wanted? And now that's where we're at. We're finding that the people who didn't get vaxxed are able to stay more immune than the people who are vaccinated. In fact, you have a 44%. Look at the uh, notes I posted yesterday in the third um, segment down. You'll see that 44%, thanks, Brian, for the share, 44% greater chance of death and infection. Let's focus on those numbers. All right. Want to talk about focusing on some numbers? Well, this is no bueno. We've got some frightening numbers uh, coming in. And leave it to a Democrat connected to Jeffrey Epstein uh, to lay the truth on us as he uh, completely and totally disagrees with his panel up there on inflation with that additional $2 trillion stimulus. Basically had inflation under control for 40 years, despite the fact that the price of oil fluctuated, despite the fact that there were all kinds of uh, supply shocks. Um, we lost the thread uh, along with many other countries um, about a year and a half ago with massively expansionary policies relative to the size of the GDP gap. The fiscal stimulus was five times as large as it had been during the financial crisis. There you go. I mean, the man uh, is lays it out. Larry Summers, uh, you know, one of the heads of the banks uh, back in the late 90s, worked under Clinton, connected to uh, Epstein. Uh, of course, we've talked about that, but at least he's pushing this information out. We had inflation under control for 40 years, but now we lost this thread with Biden's $1.9 trillion stimulus. Folks, time to gas up. Gas price hits record highs in Los Angeles on Monday, $6.46, soars past its all-time June high. Back after a th uh, quick three-minute break here in the Kiva. Janice Joplin. Where have you gone, Janice Joplin? Uh, well, she died on this day. Everybody knows that she died on this day. Well, at least everybody who subscribes to the Rock of Talk chat, uh, even for free, you got this. Uh, she was found dead of a heroin overdose in a hotel in Los Angeles in 1970, and she's part of the 27 Club. She just finished uh, recording the album Pearl. So, uh, Sad news, uh, they're also in 1990, 20 years later, uh, Beverly Hills 90210 premiered on Fox. Uh, you know, and then remember Luke and all, yeah, Luke's no longer with us, but he, he died of something else. Oh, I didn't know uh, that. Yeah, you didn't, didn't know that. And then they make Sharknados and, you know, they're retreading into just about every other film that's out there. Oh, it's all crazy. It's a uh, cost a heck of a lot more to, to live in Los Angeles these days, especially in the 90210. And it is uh, woke as, uh, as can be, and they are spending $6.46, folks, Ow. in Los Angeles. It's crazy. I looked at the, uh, the board. That, that's, that's baseline 86. 86 proof, right? 
not the 90, 91 proof. Uh, yep, there it is. Los Angeles County rose seven tenths of a cent to a record 646 Monday. The average price has risen 31 consecutive days, increasing a buck 22, including a one cent Sunday, 15.3 cents last Thursday, which is the largest daily increase since the record at 19.2 cent hike on October 5th, 2012, under Barack Obama. You didn't build that, right? <laughs> uh, a month before the election. According to figures from AAA, the oil price information service, the streak also follows a run of 78 decreases in 80 days, totaling a buck 21 that began June 15th, one day after the average price rose to a record 646.2. Now it's 646.6. And tomorrow it's going to be probably pretty close to $7. Gasoline prices uh, in California over the past several weeks uh, have had a Gradual decline across the nation, but not in California. Eh? No way. California, Kate, uh, the rest of the nation, as Californians have already paid the highest gas prices due to, well, uh, <clears throat> environmental regulations. Get this. Taxes, but limited number of refineries. Uh, it, you, you, want, you want to know what the, the remedy is? You don't want to know what he wants to do? He wants to do a winter blend. The next president, uh, wishful thinking, Gavin Newsom, uh, wants to put out a winter blend. They'd be allowed to sell a cheaper winter blend, which produces more of the emissions the state wants to restrict several weeks ahead of schedule. Just in time for the election, they'll get a winter blend going. Hey, I'll take a winter blend of vehicle fuel. I mean, does anybody care about the longevity? Oh, no, because uh, what are they doing by 2035? There will be no sales of any vehicle that is a, quote-unquote, user of gas. Cost of living, folks, across the board is going up. It's bad. Food, energy, we're going to keep it locally here because we've already discussed what's happening in Europe, right? I touched upon that yesterday. Grab the notes. You have the articles. Send the links. Inform people. Warn. Shout it like a canary from the coal mine, if you will. With food and energy prices increasing exponentially, it comes as no surprise that 67% of Americans are worried about the cost of living. Why isn't it 100%? I think even rich people are worried about, like, things are really getting expensive now. So here's what cost of living is all about, right? Housing, food, clothing, transportation, healthcare. Isn't that everything? Does that, does that run the gamut? Uh, I believe it does. <laughs> here's some statistics for you. In 2020, the average yearly spending on all consumer units was 61334 Again, for food, housing, clothing, transportation, healthcare. What, what else would you even include at this point? Okay. By the way, right now from uh, the Daily Caller, top oil industry groups hammer Biden administration's plan to ban limit fuel exports. Biden does damage control as rising gas prices threaten Democrats' midterm hopes. Uh, did I not just say this, like, about... Two hours ago, that all this stuff is coming out right now. I mean, all you have to do is pay attention to what's happening. Like, this is going to bust them. I bet I bet before the elections happen, Biden and the Democrats are going to say, we're in a depression. Biden's going to resign. Kamala's going to go live on some desert island somewhere. And I don't know. We're going to go after Nancy Pelosi and try to get rid of her uh, beyond her just being Speaker of the House, of which she won't be because we are going to take the House. I mean, this is what's going to happen. And we're going to inherit uh, hell on earth, but at least we'll, be, we'll have the right people at the, uh, as the plane is going down, so to speak. It's a bad, that's a bad metaphor. I apologize to anybody who's having to <clears throat> travel 
I always enjoy it when other, you know, pilots are sitting in the various seats, you know, oh, hey, why are you, where are you going? Oh, got to pick up, start my uh, flight tomorrow. Well, that's good. That way I know if, you know, my pilot has a heart attack because they required him to get a vax and he has myocarditis. But anyway, I digress. We've already covered that. American households spent 7,300 on food, 9,800 on transportation. 98, how do you spend more money on, tra- this is what I don't get. How do you spend more money on transportation than you do on food? You idiots with your lifted trucks and your, look at my car, look at my truck, look at, look at, oh my God, did you see my Tesla? Mm, Isn't it great? (laughs) Like, please, your priorities are so out of whack. Notice we never advertise cars on here, right? I wasn't a car guy. We had this car group that was on the radio station for a while. And I'm like, I just can't get into cars. I just don't care about them. I'm in it temporarily. I look at the numbers, they run up. I look at the out. I always tag the hours that are in there, right? $2,800 on housing related expenses, $5,100 on healthcare. People spend more money on food and transportation than they do on healthcare. Preventative measures, you should be spending like $50 a week on supplements. Add that up over the course of a year. It's not very much. It's less than $3,000. You don't need health insurance if you're supplementing, okay? That's a whole other show. So in July of 2022, just a few months ago, the index for all goods, excluding the food and the energy, rose by 5.9%. Food has experienced the biggest price increases since 1979. Folks, we're going into winter. Things are going to be chilly at home, at work, everywhere. Food index jumped by 1.2% following a rise of 0.9%. Month over month and year over year, there's at least a one percentage price increase. In fact, the year over year price for eggs increased by 40%. According to this report, eggs went up by 32.2%, not too far off there. Meats, poultry, and fish, 14.2%. Fruits and veggies, 8.2%. Not a big demand for that. Oh, it's in a box. Is it a chip? I'll eat it. From July 21 to July 22, the energy index reached 32.9%. The fuel index reached 48.7%. I told you we are paying one-fifth of what Asia, the UK, and Europe are paying on energy. So if you're complaining now, they're going to tell you next year when you're spending five times as much and the Democrats are still in charge. Hope, hope they're not. Guess what's going to happen? You're going to be like, well, you should be okay with it. At least you're not in Europe. Everything's relative. They've got the real pain over there. Talk about cry, cry, baby. Electricity index increased by 12%, which is the biggest jump during a 12-month period since August of 06. And guess where people are going to start coming to live? This is why I hope Mark Ronchetti gets to be governor. Four states. They're going to West Virginia. They're going to New Mexico. And they're going to Mississippi. Mississippi, thanks God for us. They have an index of 83.1, which is the current lowest cost of living in the United States. That's what people do. They go to live in cheap places and it's going to drive the price up for every. If you already think that there's not enough money here, wait till rich people move in and drive you out of your prices because we have a pretty flat market when it comes to real estate market, which is good for you who bought, even better for you who are going to buy here in the state of New Mexico if they'd actually roll out some houses, but they're not going to do that. Why would you lend in a city that, in the state that doesn't create private sector jobs. 
when are these government slashing jobs going to start happening? Well, I'll tell you when it's going to start happening. Right after this election. You haven't seen government layoffs for like 30 years. Not since the Reagan administration. I got to go back and start tracking and looking at that. But we're going to start looking at that in 2023. Hawaii is the most expensive place to live and a cost of living index of 158.8. The rest of the country is going to feel a lot like Hawaii, except we're not going to feel like we are in paradise. And that is for sure. So on our questions for of the day, which I include five well thought out questions, the market is back up. Profit takers are jumping and are pumping false info back into the news cycle, right? The market's up. Things are good. However, supply constraints are not the main issue in the rising costs. It's the rising costs. Worse, it's OPEC's meeting tomorrow. Continued war pushes and the destruction of infrastructure. How bad will it get here in New Mexico? Not bad enough, right? Because we're all dependent on the government teeth. The U.S., really bad in blue states. And globally, well, really bad in Europe, U.K., and Japan. If you could predict an event that they might be planning where it would be and how they will get it done to push their agenda 2030 goals, I'd love to hear about it. You can go ahead and subscribe today at rockoftalk.chat. That's rockoftalk.chat and uh, get all the free news. The newsletter is there for free. Enjoy. Back in three, you and me here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIV, rockoftalk.com. Sinead O'Connor, yeah. <laughs> back on this day, uh, she was on SNL after midnight uh, for her little uh, tearing up of the Pope. You were jamming out to a an anti-popist uh, there, uh, Rudy. With no hair. With no hair, and uh, her, her life, despite being uh, quite attractive, uh, even with no hair back in the day, she became uh, quite an unattractive woman. Um, I thought that she was sort of on the right side of things. I, I thought maybe her tearing up of the Pope's uh, picture was justified at the time. Uh, certainly the abuses in the uh, various archdioceses and the Catholic Church in general, uh, and especially with the number of people who had suffered at the hands of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. So she did not coming out smelling too good after that. She had a son. He passed. And then, well, she's had uh, various failures uh, throughout her life. Uh, unfortunately, you always wish good things on people. But she, she... Her Irishness got the best of her uh, and, and all of that. She ripped up a picture of the Pope during an after-midnight appearance on Saturday Night Live. NBC switchboard in New York was flooded with calls, most of them criticizing O'Connor's actions. I mean, nowadays, people would jump in for that stuff. They're like, oh, I can't wait to rip up a picture of the Pope, right? But it seems like the modern world and its woke ideologies loves a Pope like Francis. You're not a fan, are you? I'm not a fan of Francis. Yeah, he's, uh, well. You're, you're, you're a fan of my mother. But. Yeah, I love I love uh, your mom, uh, Francis, uh, and I love uh, Saint Francis. Point of clarification: my mom, but, the mother, the madre is always present. That's you know? it. But the Pope Francis, nah. She's very Catholic. So anyway, all right. Uh, we're gonna need all the prayers we can get here going forward, uh, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, I just told you about we're uh, we're totally effed at this point economically. 
We've got to elect the right people. It's all you Latinos to get the job done. Right? We can do it. We can do it. You can do it. Saber es poder. Right. Knowing is power. Knowledge is power. Um, yeah, knowing what they've been doing to you, using you as this uh, demographic group is pretty disgusting, right? I mean, you can't be feeling uh, too good about it. But that's the least of our worries when you start considering the fact that Russia is pulling its troops out of the Ukraine. No, they're, Ukraine isn't winning. <laughs> no, no. Ukraine isn't taking things over. They just had the annexation of all these. No, no, no. Elon Musk went on to Twitter. He's like, uh, Ukraine, Russia, peace. Here's what we do. I'm going to put this out on Twitter. I'm going to buy Twitter tomorrow. We, we, we need peace. Uh, I'm just going to follow through. No more warring. I'm not going to war with those guys over at Twitter any longer. I posted it a poll. And it said, Ukraine, Russia, peace. Number one, redo elections of annexed regions under United Nations supervision. Russia leaves if that is the will of the people. Okay. Two, Crimea, formerly part of Russia, as it has been since 1783, until Khrushchev's mistake, and that was in 54. Look back on that, why Putin doesn't like Khrushchev. Three, water supply to Crimea assured. And four, Ukraine remains neutral. 41% said yes. 59% said no. No, hell no. In fact, uh, F off is my very diplomatic reply to you. No, uh, Zelensky and Ukraine thinks they own Crimea and they own all those oil parts that uh, Putin's going to eventually get anyway. Andriat Melnik. The former Ukrainian ambassador to Germany vehemently opposed Musk's plan under which the Ukraine would become a neutral country between NATO and Russia. Folks, we're going to cut our own throat at this point. We're at a straight, straight dirty for World War III. Abandoned claims to Crimea and accept the results of a UN-monitored vote in contested regions. I thought they wanted a democracy. Like, give it to the people, right? But he earned the ire of the Ukrainian diplomat following his publication of the Twitter poll. They don't want peace over there. They want more money. That's right. They want to get keep getting this. We got. We're going to send missiles. We're going to send everything we possibly. We're we're war hawks here in the United States. Under Harris and uh, Joe Biden, oh, we're fighting for democracy, aren't we? Look, Ukraine isn't even part of NATO yet. We're sending them stuff. Putin could launch the air tomorrow, and half the world would be Dunsky. I'm going to leave it right there for a sec. We'll return uh, to that point. But yesterday, as I was on air, a, a very uh, knowledgeable uh, individual texted me and says uh, they, Japan just issued a, an alert. And there was no news anywhere. But we had it here on our air as North Korea fired a missile without warning over the main island. Japan urged residents to take shelter early Tuesday. This from CNN. After North Korea fired a ballistic missile without warning over a country for the first time in five years. Escalating with the recent test of weapons by Kim Jong-un. The launch, which prompted immediate backlash from Tokyo, Seoul. Our allies, by the way. Those are our buddies, right? Tokyo and Seoul, those are, that's it. Eighth largest economy, fourth largest economies, right? With trading partners. We're never going to fight again. We're going to defend them. We've got military bases. Comes amid a spate of missile tests, which five launches in the past 10 days. Uh, certainly, I mean, we have Kamala Harris in the Mideast right now. And in, excuse me, in Asia. Certainly, she must know something that's going on. I 
bet Japan and I bet Seoul, South Korea, got to feel real confident right now, okay? Because knowing that we have the second most powerful person in the world in Kamala Harris, you got to know she is just going to say the right thing at the right time, right? So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And what? it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. What? Wait, North Korea is shooting missiles over our allies and, and uh, come again? I, I missed it. So the United States shares a very important relationship, which is an alliance with the Republic of North Korea. And it is an alliance that is strong and enduring. If there's anything that increases their confidence, their willingness to launch a nuclear weapon is what that woman said right there. She's completely stupid. Totally, totally. Even as words are coming out with our mouth, there's a complete disconnect between her brain and what's coming out at maybe quite possibly the most critical time. In fact, several articles penned over the last few days have all stated that we are closer now to World War III than we ever have been since the end of World War II. Bay of Pigs, you name it, all included in all of this. Certainly, if we can't listen to the most powerful men in the world, maybe we could listen to the richest men in the world, like Elon Musk. Well, on the stock side, of course. <laughs> Counting money. First among them is an annexation voter of the UN. Okay, uh, you get places like uh, very, very good property, like Lunsk, Donetsk, Zaporizhia, and Kherson. Uh, you, we're going to go, we're literally going over war over these regions. Because it's so vital. Nobody can identify any of those, much less pronounce them, much less deal with a territory that's eight time zones in the making and has more warheads than we do and is literally pulling out while they're sending in their Poseidon missiles directly into the sea. We can't find the nuclear submarines for the Russians. Why are they pulling the troops out? No, they're not pulling the troops out. We're winning, don't you know? And North Korea is now, <laughs> is now our ally. Russia has formally annexed the following in a series of widely penned referendums over the last week. Malensk uncouth retort follows a pattern of abrasive comments that saw Ukrainian President Zelensky recall him from his post in Berlin. He reportedly referred to German Chancellor Olaf Scholz as offended liver sausage, according to The Hill. Okay. I don't know. It was a bad German, I don't know, whatever quasi accent there. But you get the drift of what's happening. And it's not good. We've got nobody at the controls. I thought we were worried about Donald Trump having the, uh, the nuclear football. So you got energy crisis. We need, we need the gas. We need the energy. They blew up Nord Stream 2, the U.S., Jeffrey Sachs. Uh, or, should, or should we go back to that? I feel like uh, we're, we're, we're sort of missing out, uh, Rudy. I mean, that, that Jeffrey Sachs uh, piece, Yeah, that was, that was classic, was it not? I mean, he, he told us. Point blank. This is exactly what's happening. This is the, this is Jeffrey Sachs, liberal Harvard economist, now at Columbia University, economics professor. What did you say, Jeff? The destruction of the, the Nord Stream pipeline, which I I would bet was a U.S. action, perhaps U.S. and, and Poland. OK, so we're on the side of North Korea, who's sending missiles over our allies in Japan. Uh, we're blowing up Nord Stream 2 in the sea. Uh, Jeffrey Sachs is confirming that. And 
this is uh, right, Jeff, Jeff, we got to stop there. That's a, that's a quite a statement as well. Why do you feel Absolutely. that that was a U.S. action? What evidence do you have of that? I have it all, Tom. Well, first of all, there's direct radar evidence that U.S. Uh, helicopters, military helicopters that are normally based in Gdansk, uh, were uh, circling over this area. All right, that's now uh, that's one. We also had the threats from the United States earlier in this year that one way or another, we are going to end Nord Stream. All right. And then two, now three. We also have a remarkable statement by Secretary Blinken last Friday in a press conference. that He says, this is also a tremendous opportunity. And that's three. Back in three here at the Kiva. You're the light. You're the night. You're the color of my blood. You're the cure, you're the pain, you're the only thing I want to touch. Never knew that it could mean so much, so much. You're the fear, I don't care, cause I've never been so high. Follow me through the dark, let me take you past the satellite. You can see the world you brought to life, to life. So love me like you do, la la, love me like you do. Love me like you do, la la, love me like you do. Touch me like you do, ta ta, touch me like you do. Five fifty here in the Kiva. Don't always forget to text in the five line five fifty fifty five hundred. Ellie Goulding, the wonderful Ellie Goulding, and love me like you do from Fifty Shades of Grey. Starting today's uh, birthday at thirty three years young. Uh, there she is, ladies and gentlemen, Dakota Johnson, uh, daughter of Don Johnson. Uh, so there you go. Uh, she's thirty three years young. Also, happy birthday to Leif Schreiber. Is that it? Leave Kiev. <laughs> At least the uh, Silverstone is 46, leave is 55, and we're all getting a heck of a lot older. Uh, recently resigned White Sox manager. I think he resigned yesterday, 78, I think. Uh, wow. Did. Yeah, so there we go. Uh, I, I've gotten done with uh, four of my uh, points uh, here, my questions. So I get, I'm get i going to get a wide open uh, opportunity for people to go ahead and call into the Kiva if you want. Talk about just about anything if you want, if you want to jump in. We've answered a lot of uh, questions, including last segment, uh, made it pretty quick. Uh, it appears that even the richest person in the world cannot push down the war hawking across the globe. How quickly will this escalate as the Russian troops pull out and their nuclear sub disappears and can't be tracked by NATO? Question mark. Nuclear war appears almost imminent at this point. Where will be the where will be the first strike if there is to be one? So that is open ended. Not something I can answer, but it will definitely be as far as I can tell in Ukraine, in that region. So uh, not going to be harming any of their uh, oil, strategic oil reserves, which they're counting on in the Ukraine. I love all these uh, you know, weird nerds in their 30-somethings that think they're figuring out what's really happening. So yeah, almost a wide open uh, third hour because I'm going to jump on topic number five uh, in a hurry. Um, just sort of get this out of the way. You're welcome to hang out, Rudy. Uh, like it or not... Abortion is on the ballot here in New Mexico and in Georgia. All the ads run by our governor about Mark Ronchetti taking away a woman's right to choose. Is that not true, Rudy? Every single ad that you see, everything that comes up on the internet. It right? used to be how wonderful she was as a human being and in his oh, life. Kissing her. And her now new husband. it is all about abortion. And quite frankly, it's all a lie. 
you keep hearing her say something. You keep hearing her surrogate say something. And it's like, that's not at all what Ron Caddy said. Where did you get that from? Well, <clears throat> they're taking something that happened with Smotherman or he talked about it. I mean, <laughs> good. Solidify the base. You don't have to talk to Smotherman. You don't have to talk to me. Just focus on bringing over the Dems, bringing over the independents, being rational. In Georgia, they're trying to suppress turnout to tell Republicans not to turn out to vote for Herschel Walker, saying that he paid for an abortion today. Well, the Democrats trick work in New Mexico for the governor on one side and in Georgia to beat Herschel in Atlanta, Georgia. The Supreme Court already ruled this is a state's rights issue. How can Republicans cement a stronger message state to state here in New Mexico? Well, what would you say, Rudy? What, what, what could Republicans do on this? I, I have my answer, and I'm not sure people would agree with it, but what what would you say? You know, that is really a tough thing because I think people here, because we have the majority that are uh, Mexicans who live in the state of New Mexico. New New Mexicans. Right. Okay. Exactly. You, you, you always say Mexicans. Are you aware of that? Uh, no, and I do that on purpose okay. because we, most of us, have come up from Mexico. We are now Americans. I guess I get worried about the word Hispanic, but that's another thing. Okay. Uh, and we really do believe in God, family, and country. We're big on that. That's in, that is in our DNA. And we know that it's wrong to kill babies. But somewhere along the way. When, when is a baby a baby? At conception. Okay. But that isn't the case for what people think. So I have a simpler answer to your question. You have a website that you'd like to plug, which is? Bring New Mexico to life. Bring NM to life.com. And if you go to the one that talks about lifestyle, scroll on down to the bottom. Did you know this is one of only six states in the entire country that allows abortion even at the time of birth? There's the answer, Rudy. There is the answer. That was where the focus needs to be because remember, you have all these woke, new fangled, new forward progressives who, you know, want to kill babies in their third trial. My, my son. He was, he became, he became my son when he was just at the end of his second trimester. I mean, that's kind of a fantastic story. 28 yeah. weeks, you know, like you don't get that. He was two weeks past that into his third trimester. He, I mean, think about that. It was danger to his mom, danger to him, you know, I mean, to think that that was ever even an option would be absolutely ridiculous. Well, if you focus on that and the late term abortions and the travel abortions that are done here in the state of New Mexico, then you talk it and you juxtapose it against the history that we have here in the state of New Mexico, then I'm, I'm telling you, that's a win all day long in the state of New Mexico. They'd be like, I can't believe that stuff is going on here. Well, uh, Nancy Pelosi was on a Stephen Colbert last night, and uh, <laughs> they're using this Roe v. Wade, which we know that they leaked it. Uh, whoever smelt it, dealt it. Sorry, I apologize for uh, that. Um, not, not for the smelting or delting it, but for the fact that I'm comparing it to, well, you know, it's all the same crap, isn't it? From whether it's from this woman's mouth or from your six-year-old kid who's saying things like this. Take a listen. She loves the Roe v. Wade stuff. Of candidates came forward. Young people, people of color, people of different generations, different backgrounds, and the rest, the beautiful diversity of America came forward. They didn't pay attention to those pundits who said you can't win. They went in with courage and confidence that they could win. So when Roe v. Wade came down, boom, we were totally ready. Oh, wow. I guess you were the, really the ones who leaked it. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. Well, there's, there's confirmation right there, folks. And she launches 
without any resonance, even from a liberal audience, because these really aren't landing. This is going to lay flat because nobody really wants to talk about Roe v. Wade. That that just caused a whole different attitude on the part of some about whether we could win. We always believed that we could win because we knew we had to, because our democracy was on the ballot, our planet was on the ballot, everything was on the ballot in this election, more than in regular majorities come and go. It is on the ballot. You're sounding a little bit like you're talking in the past tense. If you don't- yeah, she has no idea. Between her and Biden, they couldn't actually drive a car. Uh, or figure out a way to feed themselves without having a nurse beside, behind, beside them. Mind me pointing that out. We still got more than a month to go. Yes. Um, the polls still aren't reflecting necessarily what you're saying. Yes, they're not. Uh, you're totally senile, not paying attention to what's there. Even Stephen Colbert is acknowledging this. And look at this. Talk about losing it on national television. Nancy Pelosi, will you lose it one more time, please? Do you, do you believe in the polls? No, let me just say, I said was on the ballot past when people decided to run. Okay. And now they, here they are doing very well in their district. Who? Uh, what are their names? I don't even know who you're speaking of. Uh, beautiful people, diverse, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, the, when you ask about it, here's the way we see it. I'm from Maryland originally. I've been in California a long time. Yeah, you go. <laughs> this is the way they see the United States. Get this, folks. Oh, this one's a doozy. <laughs> so you know that it's a horse racing uh, uh, state. And in, the, in Maryland, when you're in the lead, which we believe we are, Not which we believe we are, so. we're in the lead, you're in the stretch, we made the turn, it's one, uh, five weeks from tomorrow is the election, so we're, and voting starts even sooner than that. When you're in the lead and you're in the stretch, you whip the lead. Yeah. And that's what we, we are doing. Or abort the baby. The well, what, which is easier? I don't know. Whip the, whip the lead, abort the baby. Roe v. Wade is essentially a horse race. I didn't realize that on the issues. To ensure a democratic victory. I feel uh, just watching each of the races, forgive me for saying this, in a very cold-blooded way, mm-hmm. <laughs> as to which races mm-hmm. we can win to ensure that we not only hold the House, but we increase our number. And a real tribute to President Biden. He has been a great president. He has accomplished, we're working together, have accomplished so much. And, and that is beginning to have some appreciation in the public in terms of his leadership. Rescue package, bipartisan infrastructure package. Blah, 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 it all lost. And what you didn't realize that she was basically saying exactly who they are right there. Did Colbert and let me a- let me let me say this in a very cold-blooded way, Stephen Colbert. Roe v. Wade is a horse race. It helped us uh, get people responding back and finding some enthusiasm when we didn't have anymore. We couldn't run on Black Lives Matter anymore. We couldn't run on COVID anymore. We couldn't run on bad Trump anymore. So we uh, leaked out Roe v. Wade, and we've got something to run on because we can't run on gas prices. We can't run on economy. We can't run on values. Uh, we can't run on sexual issues. Uh, we can't run on anything because uh, these are hugely minority positions on the issues. Hour three, you and me here in the Kiva. One more check on traffic from Rudy Grande. First uh, two hours out of the way. Hour three, you and me. AM 1600 KIV, This is the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA Albuquerque. Here as to who's going to introduce this next song, so I just think I'll do it myself. One of my old records, a thing called Auctioneer. Now, you guys, I've already introduced it, so just forget it. 
Hey, well, all right, sir, here we go there, and what are you going to give for? I'm a 25, I'll give 30 now, five, we're going to have another 40 dollars, only making a 40 now, five, we're going to five. There was a boy in Arkansas who would listen to his mom when she told him he should go to school. He'd sneak away in the afternoon, take a little walk, and pretty soon you'd find him at the local auction barn. He'd stand and listen carefully, then pretty soon he began to see how the auctioneer could talk so rapidly. He said, oh my, it's do or die, I've got to learn that auction dry, gotta make my mark and be an auctioneer. $25 bid and now $30, $30, will you give me $30, make it $30, bid and I'm $30, will you give me $30, will you give me $30, bid? Thirty dollar bid and now thirty-five. Will they give me thirty-five to make it thirty-five to bid and thirty-five? Who will they bid it? Thirty-five dollar bid. As time went on, he did his best and all could see. He didn't just practice calling bids all night and day. His papa find him behind the barn just working up an awful storm as he tries to imitate the auctioneer. Six oh six in the five oh five with more four one one here for the third hour. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk. AM 1600, KIVB, QFM, rockoftalk.com. Happy 93rd birthday to Leroy Leroy Van Dyke, 1962's auctioneer. A good one there, uh, Rudy. You, hey, how like can that, that music not bring a smile to your face? We'll, of course, have Loretta Lynn's stuff on another day, but we lost Loretta Lynn. She was older than Patsy Klein and her best friend uh, for a time. And uh, we have all these uh, great sounds coming wide across this USA and a happy 93rd uh, to Leroy Van Dyke, Loretta, passing at the age of 90. Remember going to the theater to watching Cold Miner's Miner's Daughter, by the way. Uh, uh, He used to have Cinema 123 off Louisiana, uh, right down the freeway. Remember remember Cinema 123? So there we go. You had had to be there. You had to be there. You got to know it. So uh, also the old Lobo, I guess they cleared out one of their, uh, their, their tenants. So maybe that turns back into a theater. I believe that I was there at the last night they showed a movie. Do you know what's last? I saw two movies that I remember distinctly. Okay. One was about Janis Joplin. And that, of course, is The Rose. Right. Remember uh, The Rose with Bette Midler. Uh, I guess Bette Midler is doing Hocus Pocus 2 now. Yeah. Huh. 30 years later from 93 until now. 30 years, Rudy. That how quick how quickly time uh, goes. But the last showing at the Lobo Theater before it converted into, I don't know, some church or whatever it, it ultimately became, and now no, no tenancy there at the Lobo Theater, I, I believe. <clears throat> the Shining. Really? Nothing like watching Scatman Carruthers, Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, and uh, the little boy who, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, there you go. So watch that uh, over there. But um there it is. I got lots to get to. Let me wrap up uh, that last and fifth topic, uh, if I can, with the questions. We'll go, of course, get into all the uh, news that is news uh, from the wire services and uh, get to these uh, ridiculous comments from the New Mexico Public Re- Regulation Commissioners on the shutdown of the San Juan Generating Station. So we're going to do that as well. Uh, you're, you're literally looking at hundreds of jobs. Um, a calamitous uh, decision, uh, to be sure. But, hey, we're all protecting about uh chaco and you know the areas up in northern new mexico it's going to be a calamitous decision because it's only going to lead to further calamity and poverty up in the uh, north and why is this not an issue during the gubernatorial election uh you watched the debate yet uh, Rudy? yeah okay so during the debate was any of this energy transition act brought up uh did the news even try to do that or was it just about crime that it i mean you know the real thing that's going to do us in is the fact that we are oil 
and gas dependent from our revenues. If anything there was to argue about, it's definitely going to be our budget. But they wanted to make it about abortion, okay? And this is what they're going to do. Now, last week, I think I told uh, everybody, and you've heard this, this story multiple places, Joan Jacobson, 84, doing doorstep to doorstep, you know, she shows up at the Harvey House in Michigan, and Richard ain't having any of it because his wife, right, uh, <clears throat> trying to shut the door on this right to life. Uh, Jehovah's, these Jehovah's Witnesses are here. They always say something like that, right? He was trying to, Harvey was trying to defend his wife, apparently. And he shot, he, he did a, 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 like they call for an Espanola, right? Can you give us a courtesy round? <laughs> what the heck's a courtesy round? What does that even mean? He walks out with his 22, shoots at there. Then, apparently, uh, Joan, doing her right to life stuff, had the clipboard. And I guess she was aiming the clipboard or pushing the clipboard or grabbing her clipboard. Well, anyway, he turns around and takes what he thought was the butt of his rifle, but it wasn't the butt of his rifle. It was actually the 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 shotgun itself and aims it right at Joan's shoulder. <laughs> Shoots her with a 22. That's got to be painful. 84 years of age. She says, listen how good this right to life person is. The thing that I noticed the most was that he had a gun. It was big gun. It was a long barrel. And by the time that it registered in my brain, I heard a shot and I felt some pain. <laughs> she went, <to>, she's <laughs> like, no, you know what? I'm trying to save babies. You want to talk about what real pain is? I'm 84 years old. I'll take a shot in the shoulder all day long, but I'm going to go save those babies. Polonius assault, four years in prison for uh, 74 years. Harvey trying to protect it, trying to do the right thing. Maybe trying to get some uh, <clears throat> something from his wife, trying to be the hero uh, for once. You have to protect your wife with a gun against. Uh, apparently an against an 84 year old woman. woman. I, I <laughs> Whatever. So uh, we saw that $475 million is what Donald Trump is suing CNN for. And today the daily beast is getting sued by Herschel Walker. I think uh, by the way, Tom Brady should sue whoever's putting out the report on him splitting from his wife. That's crap. That is crap. Republican Senator candidate Herschel Walker, 1984 Heisman Trophy winner, denied claims he paid for an abortion during a Friday night appearance on Fox News. It's a flat-out lie, he says. Complete. And now you know how important this seat is. The seat is very important, and it'll do anything to win this seat because they want to make it about everything else except the true problems that we have in this country, right? And what do they really want to do? They want to undermine the people who had showed up, who would have fought hard, who would have gone door to door and get shot in the chest. I'll take one for Herschel, right? He says, they can threaten me, scare me. Right now, all they've done is energize me even more. And I'm going to fight and win this seat for the great people of Georgia. Latest polls coming out saying that this has not impacted him in the least. They know the games that they're playing, that the Georgian Democrats are playing. He says, I send money to a lot of people. What's so funny is... Let's go to my park. I do scholarship for kids. I give money to people all the time because I'm always helping people because I believe in being generous. God has blessed me. I want to bless others. I got into this race because I'm a Christian. I love the Lord Jesus Christ. I always tell everyone that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So whoever out there wants to lie on Herschel Walker, you're lying on the wrong one. Daily Beast getting sued from Herschel Walker. Folks, this is the only way you can fight back is don't let them bully you. Don't let them push you around. You must stand up for what is right, however small, however big. Okay? And these candidates, Herschel's proving to be very battle-tested against Raphael Warnock.
And I certainly hope, at least for the sake of this country, we're going to need that one and we're going to need Luxalt, okay? And right now, Adam Luxalt is trying to capitalize on his military experience and Democratic Senator Catherine Cortez Masso's lack of it as he tries to turn a red seat blue in the swing state of Nevada. We've got to get that one. Former Attorney General served as a Judge Advocate General in the Navy in Iraq, but he couldn't emphasize that military record much during the sometimes heated GOP primary. His opponent, Captain Sam Brown, was a war hero who nearly killed by a roadside bomb in Afghanistan. Now Brown is campaigning for Adam Luxalt, getting so many of those retired military people there, recently appearing with him, serving up free hot dogs at the VFW out in Reno. Back in three, you and me here in the Kiva. Thanks, everybody, for listening. More news ahead. Shop Boys or PSB, uh, probably one of the most uh, famous bands out of Britain, the UK. 63 years uh, old today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for uh, young Chris and uh, quite the extensive. Uh, I, I made a little uh, link there uh, directly to uh, Chris Lowe and the Pet Shop Boys. Uh, so much of uh, his music was part of my youth, skating, you know, punking, all the rest of that stuff. I got So, all right. So, I told you that the local news is really sparse on covering what, even out of the AP stuff, this corruption thing that uh, was all over the AP, nowhere really to be found anywhere else. That uh, Hector Balderas is coming out. He's going to crack down on his last couple of months here on corruption. I'm like, uh, okay. Mexico's attorney general is calling on lawmakers to strengthen the state's anti-corruption law. Posted a picture of him holding Michelle Lujan Grisham. Who could be more corrupt than her? Controversial past uh, follows around governor. We'll get to that article in a sec. A recent ruling by the New Mexico Supreme Court upheld the dismissal of criminal charges against four defendants. Holders told the Albuquerque Journal that the court, quote, took away from citizens a very necessary tool to prosecute public officials who use their public office for their own personal use. Isn't that kind of ironic as, as he's leaving being a public official? I would have preferred him, again, I'll say it every time, 10 times out of 10 over Michelle Lujan Grisham. The case dealt with the dismissal of an ethics charge against a series of former public officials, including 
Donna Treasurer, an ex-district attorney, a former taxation revenue official. The state legislature is set to open a 60-day session in January when the lawmakers may take up legislation revising the ethics laws and others' statutes. And guess who will not be not be attorney general? It'll be Hector Balderas. He'll be gone. So maybe Michelle Lujan Grisham will also be gone. Uh, if we trust the polls, the swings, all the rest of the stuff, uh, we'll think that she will continue to occupy the office. I got to say that uh, you're you're very guapo and muy fuerte there, Hector, to pick up the uh, <clears throat> the bowling ball of New Mexico. She's really knocking everything out. I think she lost 29 officials in all. 29 cabinet members. <laughs> Where's the ethics there? This written up from New Mexico State University. Not exactly this, you know, conservative bastion of of uh, of policy. The Aggies. They write on the Ides of March or the Ides of April in 2018, Michelle Lujan Grisham, candidate for governor of New Mexico, will be inheriting a hefty load of problems if elected as state governor. Let's see how this, uh, let's see how well this fared by Cherry Essery. If elected as state governor, problems that she has seen in the past as director of the state's agency of aging and secretary of the Department of Health. Grisham, who currently serves as the U.S. Congresswoman for New Mexico's first district, served as the head of New Mexico's Agency of Aging from 1991 and the Department of Health to 2007 under King, Johnson, and Richardson. Richardson raised the position into the state cabinet and named Grisham Health Secretary in 04. During her time as head of the Agency uh, agency of Aging, Grisham, along with other officials in the agency, went, quote-unquote, undercover to better understand how patients were treated in their state-run long-term care facilities. According to the story from the Albuquerque Journal in 1997, during a two- to three-day stay in the facilities in the state, they endured thoughtless care and even had items stolen. I wish we would have studied that from uh, 2019, 2020 through uh, 2022. She had overseen the agency in charge of these care facilities for six years, and her agency had heard complaints for years before she went undercover. We've always heard relatives of people say, hey, you bureaucrats, uh, you just don't understand What's happening to our family? Grisham told the Albuquerque Journal in 97. To prevent corruption in government agencies and protect the rights of senior citizens in long-term care facilities, the Older Americans Act requires a unique position filling the long-term care ombudsman, ombudsman, excuse me, it's always one a difficult word for me, as a condition of accepting federal block grants. Tim Cavell served as ombudsman of the Agency of Aging, Agency until he resigned in 1997 when he claimed that Michelle Lujan Grisham prevented him from sending a letter to the state secretary of health, which she became. <laughs> Don't do that. According to the Albuquerque Journal, a letter asked the secretary at the time, Alex Valdez, to close a facility in Albuquerque that had continued to operate the department's knowledge for almost four years without a license, which they had been denied. U.S. Department of Justice did an investigation at the Fort Bayard Medical Center outside Silver City in accordance with the Civil Rights of Institu Institutionalized Persons Act in Fort Bayard, being state-owned and operated, fell under Grisham's department. Investigation resulted in finding the residents of Fort Bayard suffer a significant harm and risk of harm from the facility's inadequate medical nursing care services and facilities. This is right on her watch in her department. According to the DOJ sent to Governor Bill Richardson, Bayard failed to provide proper medication practices Safety, nutrition, hydration, and other basic human needs. It feels like a New Mexican right here. We don't have safety. We have no food. We're not hydrated. We don't have human needs, but we definitely have film departments. We definitely have the Energy Transition Act. People in uh, northern New Mexico are starving. 
We've had numerous situations where residents' last days of life were spent in miserable pain as they died in the effects of what appeared to be reckless and almost willful disregard of their health and safety, the letter said. In fact, in practically every record we reviewed of deceased or current Fort Bayard residents, we discovered light-threatening omissions and commissions of treatment. Eight deaths that could have been avoided with proper care as well as pain and suffering endured by numerous residents. The details of these victims' demises are listed in the letters of findings starting on page four and ending on page 22. Wow. 18 pages of problems. I don't even know what to say about this. Should I continue? Oh, please, please, by all means, Eddie, please continue. Christian told the Albuquerque Journal that the department knew about these problems for a long time in adult protective services, and her head was exploding after receiving these reports. Apparently, uh, it apparently didn't explode back then. She still has her head. She also said that the administrator for Fort Bayard was not licensed. Christian hired CEO groups, a company that provides rehabilitation doing custody individuals, the same year after the DOJ did their investigation. And during Grisham's tenure, she also removed Steve Nickel from his position as the immunization manager of the New Mexico Department of Health. The state of New Mexico was ranked second to last in infant shots when Nickel came in 2002. By 2005, Nickel's leadership resulted in moving up to 15. Way to go. Vax him. As after Grisham took Nickel out of the Department of Health, New Mexico's ranking went back down to 30th. Similar act of mismanagement is the termination of Dr. Gary Simpson, director of state health department's infectious disease bureau. A group of 20 doctors and health professionals sent a letter to Governor Richardson to protest the dismissal of Simpson. After 16 years of serving as the head of the Agency of Aging and Health Department, Grisham resigned, telling Albuquerque Journal that the appointment was the hardest job on the planet. I couldn't do it. Well, I, apparently, the Department of Health it must be the easiest job on the planet because uh, <clears throat> the guy who's currently doing the uh, Department of Health, Dr. Scrace, uh, actually has two jobs. Still. She also told the Albuquerque Journal that she inherited all these problems. She was the only one who was there during all these problems. Despite being in charge of the agencies involved since 1991 and having done undercover work to identify them. This has not aged well for her, but yet it's completely and totally ignored. Her lackluster administrative skills, her inability to keep people in their jobs. And this, we saw all of this coming, or at least Cherie of the New Mexico State University paper saw all this coming four years ago. She writes, they'll be seeing these problems, Grisham will be seeing these problems again if she's elected as governor and oversee 122 apartments instead of the one she can't run of the New Mexico executive branch. Her problems running the Department of Health have given her a bad image in the eyes of the people who will be doing the voting in the election. Bill Bradford, a sophomore studying government at the New Mexico State University, says that he believes Grisham is a well-experienced legislator, but he has his doubts. Well, we should have listened to Bill Bradford. Grisham's years of experience in politics, including her most recent as U.S. representative, has proved her ability to legislate and govern effectively. However, her track record concerns me. She ran up against Jeff Abadaka and Joe Serrantes. Primary election was in June. She won, and she beat Steve Pierce, and you know the rest of the story four years later. Now, back to the action, uh, if you will. Sherry Essery was the managing editor of the New Mexico State University paper. I want to reiterate that all the anti-corruption laws, if they would have been on the books, would have probably prevented Michelle Lujan Grisham. They had passed this, and they, I think they tried to pass it like six times before it finally get passed. And once it's passed, it doesn't have any teeth to actually pursue any of these criminality when running these agencies. Okay. District attorney, taxation, taxation and revenue, Donahue County treasurer. So they're going to strengthen those laws. 
But will they? If Michelle Lujan Grisham should win in 35 days, and I pray to God that she doesn't, but if she does, I can guarantee you one thing. There'll be more people leaving the cabinet. Dr. Disgrace will certainly resign. And these laws will not be strengthened. And more people will be afraid to be here. More people will be afraid to be around her. I knew one of her people who worked directly with her. She was the one who was in charge of the budget and accounting. One of the nicest people, women that you would ever want to meet. She resigned within one year. The mayhem continues for Michelle Lujan Grisham. What will you do? What will you do? To prevent her from becoming another four years of her dictatorship here in the state of New Mexico. Back in three, you and me in the Kiva. Next segment up next. Sakata there, uh, 61 years young today. I think uh, he did not greet Joe Biden when he went to, uh, when Joe Biden arrived in Puerto Rico. What is Joe Biden doing in Puerto Rico anyway? Like, is this just like a complete and total distraction? Like, <laughs> I'm going to be, <laughs> anyway, Aaron Judge just hit a 60, 62nd home run. Uh, so uh, there you go. A lot of people enjoying that article there from uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham. And like I told you, it did not age well for her. And uh, she's been doing the same thing. She's been running her game on the state of New Mexico for that long, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, it's true. All right, let's get to all the other regional news, uh, shall we? Two fiends, uh, teens fatally shot in the shootout with resident of a home. Colorado police say two teen boys were killed in North Glen, Colorado, in a shootout with a resident of a home in suburban Denver. North Glen Police Department spokesman Renee Lair said, the teens were suspected of trespassing Sunday afternoon in the backyard. The names and the ages were not released. According to the preliminary investigation, authorities believe the resident approached the two boys. There was an exchange of gunfire with at least one of the teens firing a gun along with the residents. Now, police believe the boys broke a fence to get into the backyard. No arrests uh, have been made as of yet. In Phoenix, an abortion clinic has developed a way for patients who can end their pregnancy using a pill to get the medication Without running afoul of the resurrected Arizona law that bans most abortions, see? They'll find a way around it. Under the arrangement that began Monday, patients at Camelback Family Planning will have an ultrasound in Phoenix, get a prescription through a telehealth appointment uh, with a California doctor, and then have it mailed to a post office in a California border town for pickup. The cost will be picked up by the abortion fund of New Mexico, of, of Arizona. They almost want to say abortion in New Mexico next. North Boston, Texas, a woman has been convicted of capital murder for killing a pregnant woman to take her unborn baby. Yep. Northeast Texas jury deliberated about an hour Monday before finding Taylor Parker. It's all it took him guilty of the October 2020 murder of a 21-year-old Regan Simmons Hancock and the daughter cut from her womb who later died. Now, the verdict of six men and six women came after three weeks of sometimes grisly testimony. Parker's attorneys argued that the baby was never alive and moved to dismiss a kid to a kidnapping charge which would have lowered the capital murder charge to murder. Uh, uh, prosecutors say several medical professionals testified that the infant had a heartbeat when born. There you go. Thank God for Texas. In Reno, again, Republican Al Luxalt, Adam Luxalt is trying to capitalize on his military experience and Democrat Senator Catherine Cortez Masso's lack of it as he tries to turn a red seat blue in the swing state of Nevada. 
former attorney general served as judge advocate general in the Navy in Iraq, but he couldn't emphasize that military record much during a sometimes heated GOP primary. His opponent, retired Army Captain Sam Brown, was a war hero who was nearly killed by a roadside bomb in Afghanistan. Uh, Brown is campaigning for Lixalt, recently appearing with him, serving up free hot dogs at the VFW in Reno. Don't forget, you can always subscribe directly at rockoftalk.chat. That's rockoftalk.chat. Across the country, big five stories around the country. Out of D.C., the Supreme Court says it won't intervene in a lawsuit, which Dominion Voting Systems accused MyPillow Chief Executive Mike Lindell, who I met up at CPAC, of defamation for falsely accusing the company of Rigging the 2020 presidential election against former President Donald Trump, as is typical, the high court did not say anything Monday about the case and rejecting it. Now, Monday is the first day of the high court is being hearing any arguments after taking a summer break. Summer break. Lindell is part of a case in which Dominion also accused Trump ally Sid Powell and Rudy Giuliani of defamation for falsely claiming that the election was stolen. Notice, notice I'm saying falsely. That's because that's what the AP is reporting. You know what I believe. Denver, Colorado-based Dominion has sought $1.3 billion and damages from Sid Powell, Rudy Giuliani, and, well, Mike Lindell. Got to sell a lot of pillows there, and he's not going to be able to do that. Uh, Mike had some help in New Mexico. Uh, I put the link there. And uh, Washington Post article dated September the 8th. David Clements traveling traveling the country, trying to persuade local leaders to withhold certification of the election results. If he succeeds, it could cause chaos. Um, that one out of the Washington Post, Nilai, Nebraska. So talk a little bit about uh, what's going on with David Clements. I'm not a fan of David, only in the sense that he's trying to sort of divvy up the Republican side. He should be supporting Mark Ronchetti, the only man who has a chance, not somebody like Karen Bedoni, who does not even have a college degree. Sorry. True. Bonita Springs, Florida, nearly a week after Hurricane Ian smashed into Florida, carved a path of destruction that reached into the Carolinas. Hundreds of thousands of Floridians are facing another day without electricity. 430,000 homes, folks, and businesses remained without power Tuesday morning in Florida. And it will be the weekend before most power is restored. Now, you heard about a bridge at the top of the hour that uh, Governor DeSantis has restored. Meanwhile, Ian is still not done. According to officials, they warned that there's still the potential of coastal flooding from Long Island in New York, south to North Carolina's outer banks from the hurricane's remnants. 78 deaths have been blamed on Ian, with 71 of them reported in Florida alone. Continue to pray for Florida. Out of Fairmead, California, the drought deepens. More rural communities are running out of water. Heavy pumping is depleting groundwater, and there's not even a hurricane there. Supplies that aren't being replenished by rain and snowmelt. More than 1,200 wells have run dry this statewide nearly 50% increase over the same period last year, according to state data. Now, the groundwater crisis is most severe in San Joaquin Valley, the country's most protective agricultural region, where farmers rely more heavily on groundwater because they aren't getting much water from the state's depleted reservoirs. In San Antonio, Texas, several media outlets have identified the mysterious woman who apparently lured dozens of migrants on Florida Governor's Ron DeSantis flights to Martha's Vineyard from San Antonio. She's Perla Huerta a former combat medic and counselor intelligence agent living in Tampa. Now, the New York Times, CNN, and San Antonio Express News reported her identity based upon the photos of her that they showed migrants and unnamed sources connected to the Bexar County Sheriff's Office of Investigation. And the Associated Press tried numerous phone numbers for potential matches or possible relatives. The Bexar County Sheriff's Office declined to confirm any persons of any interest. And finally, the Biden administration revealed a set of far-reaching goals today to align artificial intelligence power tools with what it calls, quote unquote, values of democracy and equity, including guidelines 
for how to protect people's personal data and limit surveillance. <laughs> I guess you already got all the data from us. Officials say the blueprint for the AI Bill of Rights does not set out specific enforcement action, but instead is intended as a White House call to action for the U.S. government to safeguard digital rights in an all-fueled, AI-fueled world. Excuse me. The Office of White House Science and Technology Policy highlighted various federal agencies' commitments to weighing new rules and studying the specific impacts of AI technology. And finally, globally, we're going to focus on the war, wars, multiple fronts. Could be a third front if China and Taiwan get into it. But first, let's talk about the richest man in the world, see what kind of influence he can have. CEO Elon Musk has gotten into a Twitter tussle with Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky after the tech billionaire floated a divisive proposal to end Russia's invasion. Musk tweet Monday crossed several red lines for Ukraine. He argued that Russia should be allowed to keep the Ukraine's Crimea Peninsula that it seized in 2014, that Ukraine should adopt a natural stat neutral status that the United Nations should oversee new referendums for the Ukrainian regions that Russia is illegally annexing. Those positions are anathema for Zelensky, who considers them pro-Kremlin. Now, he posted a Twitter poll asking, which Elon Musk do you like more? <laughs> one who supports Ukraine or one who supports Russia? In Washington, D.C., the U.S. will soon deliver four more advanced rocket systems to the Ukraine under a new $25 million package of aid expected to be announced on Tuesday. That's according to U.S. officials who spoke on the condition of anonymity to provide details of the package ahead of the announcement. Now, the decision remarks the first time the U.S. has sent more high-mobility artillery rocket systems to the Ukraine. Why? Since late July. And it will bring the total number delivered so far to 20. Warhawks. Systems have become a key tool in Ukraine's ability to strike bridges that Russia has used to supply troops, enabling Ukrainian forces to make inroads in Russia-controlled regions. Out of D.C. as well, devastated by Russia's invasion eight months ago, the Ukrainian economy is going to plunge 35% this year alone. That's according to the World Bank forecast on Tuesday. The war has destroyed factories and farmland, displaced millions of Ukrainians. The 189-country anti-poverty agency estimates that rebuilding Ukraine will cost at least $350 billion, 1.5 times the size of the country's pre-war economy. Just rebuild it. Still, the bank's assessment marks an upgrade from the 45.1% freefall it forecast in June. It expects the Ukrainian economy will return to growth in 2023. Wow, expanding 3.3%. I don't think so. Though the outlook is highly uncertain, it will depend upon the course of the war, which will continue. Out of Seoul, South Korea, as I've told you before, North Korea has conducted its longest ever weapons test, a nuclear-capable ballistic missile that flew over Japan and could reach the U.S. Pacific territory of Guam and beyond. Launch early Tuesday forced the Japanese government to issue evacuation alerts and half halt trains. It was the most provocative weapons demonstration by North Korea this year alone as it pushes to develop a fully-fledged nuclear arsenal capable of threatening U.S. allies in the American homeland and earning the country recognition as a nuclear state. Now, the United States strongly condemned, obviously, but uh, you heard earlier from Kamala Harris, she uh, says there are allies, a close alliance. And what it described as North Korea's dangerous and reckless decision to launch the missile over Japan. And finally, in Russia, a court has fined TikTok for failing to delete LGBTQ material. Wow. And what is the country's latest crackdown on big tech companies? A court in Moscow on Tuesday issued $50,000 penalties to the short video sharing platform. Good for them. Wish they did it here. Following a complaint by Russian regulators, TikTok, which is owned by China's Bite Dance LTD didn't immediately respond to the request for comment. Now, the Russian government has been stepping up efforts to enforce greater control over the internet and social media. WhatsApp, Snapchat, Spotify, and Tinder owner Match Group have also been hit by Russian fines this 
year. So don't get, forget to subscribe, everybody, uh, directly uh, at our website, The Rock of Talk, trademark established 2011, radio, TV, news, and reporting. You get links to the app for Kiva Live Radio, Kiva Schedule, everything there, 3,300 podcasts, been doing it since 2013, apparently. We have the iOS radio app, Android radio app. We have the brand new uh, app for Substack on Android as well. Live TV, you can watch me do the show uh, right here each and every day. iOS TV app, Android TV app, Roku TV, Fire TV, Apple TV. You can also get a complete list of our advertisers. And maybe you might want to advertise, plus a list of the people who publish here on our platform, rockoftalk.chat. Thanks, everybody, for being here. Last segment up next. change from this burnout scene another time another town another everything but it's always back to you stumble out in the night of the pouring rain made the block sad and thought there's more i need it's always back to but I'm good without you. Yeah, I'm good without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times can I break the last shadow? Or the line can define what I'm after? I always turn. All right, happy birthday to Mark Robridge, OAR. Turn the car around, one of my favorite songs. Really, they're only head, but um, you got all the links there. Don't forget to download the app again. 65 radio stations. Uh, all right there for you. There'll be uh, radio stations for Dinah and Casey and uh, Natalie and uh, Jaybird uh, as well. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. And remember, uh, you get 10 fives, all right? Just to kind of uh, do a countdown, you get the five moments in history, five moments in TV and music, five noteworthy birthdays, which is mostly celebrities, you know. So we covered that. Five music birthdays, back to the music Back to incorporating it all in there. Five videos for conservatives. Five articles for conservatives that you need to read. Five links all texted into the Kiva on the five line. Anytime you send me a link, I will go ahead and uh, put it back into there. You got top five local newswire briefs. Uh, some expansive stuff. I add some, uh, some, I sneak some other links in there. Top, top five U.S. wire news briefs. You got all that. And then you got the top five global newswire briefs. And then finally, outside of the... Uh, 10 fives you get the one five questions for the rock of talk and so uh, we put all that out there plus i read your text as well you guys get in everything dictionary day says uh, you're on a roll close it out all right well i'm glad you're getting lots of information you know i can talk fast and think fast and you know it's all pretty connected don't forget folks i put all this as i always have uh, i went back and i'm like literally i remember my first show and when i first did my first show um I did it by myself. I used to do something called the Inferno. Does anybody remember that? I, I doubt anybody. Maybe there's like a few people who remember the Inferno. I used to do it at 10 o'clock at night because I was like cramming all these things. And I had to start like figuring out like how I wanted to format the show, do the show and what I did. And uh, I sort of, you know, segmented it all. And I'm, I'm really controlled because we organize stuff 
in our head. And that's where I kind of started. And I loved, you know, rolling out the news, giving little commentaries on the news. And then that was always good. In addition to the rants that I can do, um, the insight, uh, plus, you know, obviously competing in the public sphere as well politically. And these are just things that I've done uh, because I enjoy doing it. I think I was born to do exactly what I'm doing. And I certainly hope that you find what it is that you love and you like to do uh, as well. So we'll take it from the top. Danelle says, why can't Democrats put the same effort they do into creatively finding a way to murder babies and hiding truth under the guise of misinformation via false fact checking into making their communities better? Now, they don't want to make their communities better. If they did, they wouldn't vote for the things uh, that are so anti-family, right? And the first community, of course, is the family. So uh, Steve and Van checks in. Uh, J-Man checked in a little bit early. He got busy, uh, but uh, they uh, regularly contribute to all the things. And so let's uh, wrap it up with their commentary and their uh, answers to, to these questions. They spend a lot of time putting thought into these questions, and I think we should hear what they have to say. Um, these are Van, and uh, Van says, <clears throat> Eddie, I enjoy and I did something brand new. I basically did a five-minute morning commentary that everybody got to hear as well. So I thought that that was pretty good. You know, I literally played it, you know, um, so that everybody could, could hear. I don't know if you want, if, does somebody want to, you want to hear it? You guys can hear it. I'll let you hear what it sounds like. I'm going to do it a little bit differently, and it's just super easy. People's, people's lives are busy. They don't have time to mess around with things. So that's what hey, good morning, everybody. It's Eddie Aragon. Looking forward to seeing you this afternoon at 4 p.m. And, of course, this is the Daily... And if uh, you're complaining about not uh, me speaking fast enough, you can speed me up. ...fives for you conservatives here in New Mexico. Hopefully a growing breed uh, moving forward. Maybe People even faster. Often, uh, we got a late green flag, and they are on their way. As always, you need to check that weather station. Maybe here. even really faster. The radio station. Just click on the How about right super there. fast? All but our five moments in history this morning. And a little continuation of things. As uh, on this day back in 57, Space Age began. Wow, wow, wow. Well, that's hot. You don't, don't touch that, too. But anyway, you can speed me up if you like it. If you like. If you like. Uh, wrote, as was mentioned yesterday, the populist conservatives are thriving in new polling is confirming takeovers in the Senate and House. Are you convinced in the polling or are the two sides just confirming what they want to hear? Now, confirmation bias, maybe. Do you agree that Latinos are shifting to the right and the GOP candidates as the mainstream media is now contending? She says, I don't trust any polls. Latinos are a proud group of Americans that care about family and financial security. I hope they're already right. And we are getting more each day. I'm concerned MLG will use her Latina heritage to try to sway voters. We're all Americans and need to vote or change no matter what the nationality that we are. Who could not agree with that? Uh, Steve says, Hispanics are born Democrats. When I was born, Dr. Brandon, my bottom left cheek with a big D. It's really big now. <laughs> when we left the hospital, they handed my mother the birth certificate and voter registration already filled out for life. Three months later, uh, yes, at three months old, I voted my first election. Straight D. Blacks... <laughs> Blacks are leaving the plantation. Native Americans are leaving the reservation. Hispanics like me are leaving the El Rancho Grande, but Democrats need not worry because when we die, we'll be voting Democrat again. And Steve, whew, gotta get you in here, buddy. When Trump spoke in Rio Rancho, he asked if there were any Hispanics in the room and the cheers were so loud, the roof almost caved in. The Hispanics that aren't leaving the El Rancho Grande are the ones who are addicted to Democrat Phoebes, freebies. As addictive as heroin, so when they all become freebie junkies, they have to vote for them in order to try to get their fix. Many Americans, all races, live in a perpetual cycle of poverty and government dependence, and that's exactly where the Democrats want them, so they can bribe them with more freebies. Notice how many freebies MLG is bragging about. 
Her campaign slogan is free, 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 but you must vote for me, MLG. Wow, that is, uh, that's tight. Good writing and very funny. It's insightful there. Uh, number two, COVID-19 no longer seems to be a worry in the one spot where sickness spreads the fastest, fastest, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, cruise ships. Uh, however, there's still a giant push to vaccinate youngsters for COVID under the age of 18. How can we get bureaucrats and media to stop their push on the unvaccinated after the results show that you are more likely to get COVID after the vaccinations, question mark. Do they understand what the definition of a vaccination is? Ban says bureaucrats are, and so-called medical experts don't know what the definition of a vaccine is. They're getting rich off the shots and tests. We talked about that today and some sad news. Pass it around. The only people I know that have passed away from the virus or gotten it are the vax. Let's uh, check in with Steve. That is uh, absolutely the case. Steve put in a, uh, a Steve put in a two. I think he just did a one and a five today. He didn't do anything uh, beyond that. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to make sure that we're. I don't want to miss that because these guys put up, you know, their comments, and it's important. All right. Number three, the market is back up as profit takers are pumping false info back into the news cycle. However, supply constraints are not the main issue in this rising cost. No worse. It's OPEC meeting. Put in your gas tonight, folks. Continue war pushes and the destruction of infrastructure. How bad will it get in New Mexico, the U.S., and globally? If you can predict an event that might be planning where it would be, how would they get it done in time to push their agenda 2030 goals? Van writes, three and four, the threat of nuclear war concerns me greatly. The idiot war games generals and dumbasses Joe want to play like they are strong and have all the answers. They do not. They just want to play their war games and spend money they print. Joe's feeble and needs to retire, but Kamala is just as stupid and dangerous to the country. I hope and pray the Republicans can win back the House and Senate in five weeks and stop this from happening. Alaska is the closest state to Russia, but if they were to strike there, it's not a large population. If Russia were to strike with a nuclear warhead, maybe strike a NATO alliance closer to home, like Finland, Sweden, Norway, Poland, Ukraine. New York, I'm sure, is on that list, though. Some stirring words, uh, to be sure. Number four, it appears that even the richest person in the world cannot push down the war hawking across the globe. How quickly will this escalate as the Russian troops pull out and their nuclear sub disappears and can't be tracked by NATO. Nuclear war appears almost imminent at this point. Where will the first strike, if there is to be one, Van just uh, answered uh, that one. Uh, I think, yeah, I want to make sure we had that. I'll read more of these. All right. <clears throat> and finally, five. Like it or not, abortion is on the ballot here in New Mexico and in Georgia. All the ads run by our governor about Mark Ronchetti taking away women's rights to choose. In Georgia, they are trying to suppress the turnout to tell Republicans not to turn out to vote for a Walker. Will the Democrats trick work in New Mexico for the governor and in Georgia to beat Herschel? Supreme Court already ruled this is a state's rights issue. How can Republicans cement a stronger message state to state or here in New Mexico? Let's go with Steve first on this. Like it or not, Eddie, abortion is on the ballot here in New Mexico and in Georgia. Democrats can't openly say abortion, and it's like MLG is saying reproductive health care. Abortion is outdated. Considering the advancement of birth control methods and now the more powerful woman's voice which should be used to say to their partner, hell no, I'm not on birth control and you don't have a condom. Therefore, my body, my choice is legs closed. Hmm. Most of the world doesn't know what is really involved in an abortion. So how about a live primetime show featuring an animated abortion, a real live birth? Show the truth. Show the fetus peacefully waiting to be born. But then metal probes enter the womb and begin to rip a screaming and squirming fetus out of the womb limb by limb. Skull taken out while making sure the organs are not damaged to then sell them. It's bloody eyes staring blindly. Then after the cleanup show, what happens to the waste? 
Where does it go? In a trash can, which gets pills from other abortions, and then from there to a dumpster. Then a real live birth, with the cameras behind the mother, then screaming in pain, finally the birth with the baby looking in amazement at the miracle of life. Show the cleaning of the baby and the eventual handover to the mother and father with their eyes filled with tears of joy. At the end of the show, quote, what's your choice now? This will change minds, especially in the younger generation that is yet to be fully brainwashed when they will decide. A quote by Steve, in 20 years, abortion will be labeled by the human race as the most evil act ever performed on humans by humans. One could only wish. From your mouth to God's ears, Mr. Chavez, appreciate that. Very, 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 very much. Ban writes, I hate politics and what it does to good people running. The lies about Ron Ketty and Walker are going to continue until the election due to dirty work and dark money funding the ads. I heard today that Planned Parenthood is now going to have a mobile medical unit. They'll place near the border of the state that has banned abortion so that those who seek abortion can kill their babies. That's just disgusting to me. A mobile killing machine? We have to stay on target about crime, unemployment, inflation, education, abortion rights, being up to the state, stop up to birth, abortion, etc. Georgia has always had issues with their elections. Look at Stacey Abrams. She's a liar manipulator. Are people going to vote for the first black female just because she is black and female? So wrong. Didn't work too well for Hillary wanting to be the first female president. Now did it. Race should never come into play. They should vote for the most educated and informed to help their state become the best education, employment, and family. Camp has an excellent record on inflation, relief, education, family opportunity, safety. Herschel isn't saying vote for me because I'm black and I know what it takes to succeed. He wants to see change at the federal level to protect everyone in his state in his state, and the country from the left and their radical family and education agendas. New Mexico needs to step up and demand change from the governor all the way down to the mayors. It amazes me that no one has asked MLG how many illegal alien, aliens have been given a free ride in our state or how many gotaways we have now living in our communities that are dangerous criminals. Get to work, New Mexico, and quit living on the free money the governor is handing out every day. Get some self-respect and quit just being sperm donors to babies that get killed in the ninth month because MLG says it's okay. Sorry all over the place today. I am ranting again. That's a great rant, and I love reading it. I absolutely love reading your words, uh, Van. That is great. Uh, Van uh, says, when hell freezes over before that will ever happen. Steve says, the Planned Parenthood gets up to $500 million from the government, which they then give a minimum of 10% back to the Democrats. That sounds fishy to me, but how about equal handouts? Like to the NRA and then give 10% to Republicans. Fair is fair. That is actually kind of fair. People kill humans, NRA saves humans, and Democrats will kill for the right to kill. Good stuff all through. Uh, here's a little rant uh, here on Raul Torres, seeing all these ads all over the place. He's a bad man. Raul Torres is also a bad candidate for Attorney General, state of New Mexico. Where do these guys come from, Eddie? He thinks he can fix New Mexico's revolving crime door? He has since had, since 2017, to fix it. Bad for New Mexico. Bad plea deals, bad dismissal, acquittal, and mistrial rates. Put the burden on the proof to get out the jail. No bail. No jail to the defense instead of the prosecution handling the cases. Cologne is not much better. I, I would love to know what elected public officials he says he held accountable when they broke the law and abused the system. Why are there no good Republican candidates for these positions in government? Well, you've got Jeremy Gay. You can certainly uh, vote for him, folks. And uh, there you go. On this day, for the first time in nearly six decades, uh, in 1990, German lawmakers met at the Reichstag for the first meeting of the reunified Germany, here October the 4th. Also, uh, in 2010, the Supreme Court began a new era with three women serving together for the first time as Alina Kagan, 12 years ago, took her place at the end of the bench. Now we have 6-3 Roe v. Wade overturned, and 
We still don't have the leaker, although we do have someone who has taken credit for it, right? And five years ago on this day, President Donald Trump visited the hospital best sides and a police base in Las Vegas in the aftermath of the shooting rampage three nights earlier that left 58 people dead. So unbelievable, the biggest uh, massacre here in uh, this state, uh, or excuse me, in this country. And uh, that was all at Route 91. We'll see you bright and early tomorrow, 4 p.m. Stay tuned. Bill O'Reilly is next. Always turn the car around.